Well, or that was the foxhole uh, one. That was the foxhole yeah. one. Welcome to everyone out there. We, uh, we're glad you're with us tonight. Uh, today is, what is the day? Man? We're in June already, aren't we? June the 6th, I think. Well, I don't know. June the 6th. If you're out there listening on uh, International Shortwave Station, WBCQ on 7490, we welcome you. This show is all about ham radio. And um, we'd just like to hear from you. Send us an email to tom at w5kub.com. Tom at W5KUB.com. Tell us where in the world you are and how you're hearing the station, and uh, we'll get you a QSL card uh, uh, from the station there. We didn't do a net tonight. Uh, I was a little worried. Uh, our internet was down all day today, maybe eight, nine hours, and uh, it came up just a few minutes before the show started tonight. So. Hopefully, it's going to be steady and, and we're doing okay. So, it's been really hectic, uh, but uh, we I think we still pull it together and we're going to have a good show tonight. We've got some, uh, some great things we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, if you're new, we'd love to hear from you if you're new to the show. If you're new in a chat room, uh, tell us in a chat room if you're new tonight, first timer. We'd love to hear from you and uh, say hello to you. And... Um, Go out there and invite some uh, friends. We, uh, we're trying to get our uh, rankings up. And to get our rankings up, you need to hit the subscribe button. Please, if everyone will hit the subscribe button, that will help us uh, tremendously uh, in our uh, ratings. So please do that. And again, if you wanted to just know when we're on live, you can hit the, the little uh, bell uh, for notification. And that will tell you when our, whenever we're live. And sometimes we come up live during the week, uh, some type of special event or something. So um, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. We've got some really interesting uh, video I think uh, you'll like to see tonight. And uh, let's uh, jump around the room real quick and just see who all's in here with us tonight. Uh, uh, the first person I see, it looks like it's Glenn Popeil. Hey, Glenn, how you doing, man? Hey, man, doing good. actually had a, a nice weekend. I did absolutely nothing, although I did get the, uh, the lab workbench cleared off, so I think destruction is about to start happening over there. And, uh, yeah. You know, so, yeah, we're finally getting stuff done, finally getting settled in the job. I mean, I'm not used to these eight-to-five work days. i got to find something else to do. Yeah, well, yeah, that would be <laughs> tough. That would be tough, man, you know having to go go into the office every day, especially after you have been able to sleep late every morning for the last 15 years. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, man. Well, all right. Well, let's uh, jump on over. Uh, I heard Katie in there. Katie, how you doing? 
Katie and Dwayne. Katie and Dwayne are there. Hey, how you guys doing? Great. How are you? Doing. Good to be here. Glad the show's on tonight. And yeah, um, we have been busy here with our new club and doing all kinds of stuff, getting ready for field day tomorrow. We're going to go to our county commissioners for Amateur Radio Week proclamation and invite them to our event. So we got our new website. Came in today, right? Yes. Yeah, oh, WI7DT for Devil's Tower Amateur Radio Club. So, all right. We've had some people find us because of the field day locator. So, we have um, someone who wants to be a ham and somebody who is a ham even drove by, found us by our towers today and stopped in and visited with Dwayne. So, we're excited. There's been a lot of good hammy things happening around here in Kirk County. Well, I, I, I guess, uh, is it pretty flat land around you? No. Oh, no, not even. <laughs> yeah, you're in the mountains, right? You, you, I was going to say, on, you could probably see mile. your tower. I was going to say, they could, they could probably see your big towers from many miles away. Not many miles. Not many? From a couple of miles, anyway. Okay. Um, we live up side of a mountain, 5,800 feet. The mountain is 6,700 feet tall. Uh -huh. And so, to, to the north of me, um, 160 doesn't do so great into Europe. But everything else, we're just far enough away that we can skip right over it and get into Europe pretty good. Yep. Uh, Europe is north of us. But Katie's correct. Uh, Ham uh, let, emailed me yesterday. We had a conversation. And mm -hmm. then today I heard a knock on the door, and I went, <laughs> and th this Ham, Terry, from over in Spearfish, he's W0V, uh, W0VH, he uh, he he said, I was riding around, and I was looking for a big aluminum in the air. And he said, <laughs> It wasn't hard once I found it to find where you live. So, oh yeah, had him in. We viewed the shack and talked about field day, and he wants to put a remote station up. So we're gonna work out something where we can get a a good remote EME station up. Well, that'd be great. That's yeah. great. So lots of fun stuff. Yeah, and you'll have to uh, you have to report back on that how it's going yeah. and, and show us. You know. What yeah, you absolutely. Do. Yeah. All right. Oh, who we got? Let's see. Glenn. Glenn? No, we don't talk to Glenn. We don't want to talk there to Glenn anymore. Alan, come on in here, Alan. No, don't bring Glenn in. Alan, Alan. Bring hey, Glenn Alan. in here. So, hey, good uh, Good to see everybody. Uh, back from vacation. Put in a full day's work trying to get through the couple of hundred emails I had in my inbox. <laughs> so, uh, But uh, I was just thinking about that uh, driving by trying to find your house by antennas in the air. And they'd have a hard time finding my house because uh, I live in suburbia. I've got a quarter acre lot and a dipole that's kind of hidden by the house. So the only way you'd find me is if you saw the, the license plate on my truck or the antenna on my company car. Otherwise, you wouldn't even know I'd be here. So, But anyway, uh, we're back from vacation. Um, had a really good time down on LBI. Did a little bit of hamming uh, with a little QCX uh, plus trans uh, CW transceiver and a little 703 and a little end-fed wire uh, sitting on the right on the water's edge of the bay, so actually did pretty good for five watts of power. But, um, but anyway, we're back and uh, just trying to get through uh, um, the mountain of work that's been waiting for me for the week that I was gone. <laughs> and uh, so I don't have anything specific prepared, but I thought later if anybody wanted to talk about uh, you know portable operating, uh, and in particular antenna setups for portable operating, it's always something that's a bit of a challenge to get something that uh, works efficiently. So, uh, they'll talk a little about what I've what I've done and like to hear from others of what they've doing as well. So, but that's all I got tonight. Okay, well that'll be good. And you know what? We can even carry that on later into our uh, the gathering, the show after yeah, the show. Yeah, that'll be fun. 
uh, if people have a lot of questions and would like to join us. Let me just mention right now, uh, again, uh, we were basically off the air all day today. I couldn't get anything in or out uh, on, on the Internet. But if you would like to join us uh, for the after the show show, that is the gathering tonight. We're going to have all the hams that want to join us on, uh, on Zoom to come in. And about it will happen about 9.15 Central Time. Uh, I've already sent a number of you guys the new Zoom link. And uh, if you'd like to uh, join the show tonight uh, with Zoom, send an email right now. Send it to to Tom at W5KUB.com, and we will reply in the next couple minutes to you with the new Zoom link that we will use for the After the Show show. Uh, So uh, it's important that you uh, send us an email so we can get you the proper link and join us. And... Hey, if we can get you know, 20, 30, 40 people in, uh, uh, in Zoom after the show, that would be great. And uh, it's just uh, it's wide open. We'll talk about anything ham radio you want to, answer questions or, or uh, anything. Uh, if you got you a new radio, you can hold it up and show everybody. We'd love to see your, your radios there. That reminds me, we need to do shack pictures again soon. So we need to get a bunch of shack pictures in here so Katie can... Uh, uh, Katie and Dwayne can make up things uh, about your shack, uh, especially if you don't tell us what the radios are. They're, they're pretty good about making up uh, names for radios. So uh, get ready to sh- send us your shack pictures. We'll want to do that probably in the next week or two. Now, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, before we bring our uh, guest in tonight, uh, let me just um, uh, talk just briefly about uh, our, uh, our 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 balloons and where, where we've been, you know, uh, you know, on our show uh, about two years ago, we decided to you know send a balloon around the world, and we did that successfully uh, a number of times. Uh, I think our best flight was three and a half times around, uh, but uh, you know, it, it started getting where it was that was too easy to do, and if you wanted to go out and buy an expensive SBS balloon. Uh, you're pretty guaranteed to go most of the way around the world, and if you're lucky, you're going to make it all the way. So it was getting a little boring to keep doing that, so we decided that we wanted to fly 55,000 or 65,000, and uh, we've been doing a lot of testing. If you've been watching the show, uh, we've been doing a lot of testing with some friends out uh, in Oregon, and uh, we found out that the material that they were able to, to get just will not stand the pressure, so we went to uh, netting. We put nets around the material uh, to hold the pressure in. And that was somewhat successful, although we wanted it better. And uh, we, 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 on this side, on Amateur Radio Roundtable, have kind of stepped back a little bit. They're going to continue with the testing of getting this new material where it will fly 55 to 65,000. And we're going to fly one soon, I guarantee you. But uh, they're in the process right now of custom making a net because we were not able to really find any suitable nets that, that we, we could use. Most all nets that you get are, are in the diamond shape. They're not in the square shape, but they're in a diamond shape. And that means they'll stretch this way and they'll stretch this way. And that causes all kinds of problems trying to uh, design that a structure around that balloon to hold it to a certain diameter. So uh, they're working on uh, a square mesh, 
and um, they've got a real secret process that I like where they're putting this mesh together and uh, I think it's going to be a six inch square hole mesh this time uh, instead of four but that's going to be that's going to be fun uh, uh, AC5CM said use chicken wire you know we might could use chicken wire I have not thought about that it may be a little heavy though but that's a good idea Chris uh, chicken wire possibly but it still might puncture the balloon too yeah, I think okay. the weight's going to be a heavy. Yeah, I think that, yeah, you know, I think that much. If we get 250 square feet of chicken wire, that'd probably weigh quite a bit. I, I think that's a bad, bad idea, Chris. Bad idea. Okay, so, so we're taking a step back from flying the Pico balloons around the world, and we are now going to shift to the near space balloons, uh, the real high altitude near space balloons. I've got cameras on order. One of the cameras came in today. I've got power supplies on order. I've got a balloon came in today. We've got all kinds of stuff coming in, and we're learning about what to do. And the person we have on tonight as our guest is going to help us to learn what to do because he's done about 20 of these uh, balloons and been very successful. And uh, we're going to take this balloon up to near space. And we're going to have cameras in it. We're going to have a 360-degree camera in it that's aimed up. And it's going to also show you the uh, the horizon. We're going to have a, a horizon camera in it. We're going to have uh, APRS tracking in it. And we will probably have, there's a, a commercial satellite service that provides tracking. And I think we're going to probably add that uh, module into our payload. Uh, where it will tell us, I mean, like right down to the foot, basically, where this thing is. And if so if it lands on the ground and somebody picks it up and takes it home, we're going to know where it goes uh, with this satellite tracking uh, that we're, we're going to be adding to it. It is a subscription service. Uh, uh, we'll probably pay by the month or, or whatever. we got to figure all that out. Uh, but uh, it, it's going to be fun, and we'll talk a little uh, with with our guest here about the recovery and uh, what it takes to recover one, and that's the exciting part. And and you know, uh, our uh, past balloons have been up three months, you know, but uh, this whole project is going to go up and come down in about, I'm guessing about. Uh, four hours maybe four and a half hours total and uh so it's going to happen and it's going to be over with before you know it so, know it i'm thinking about trying to stream that we'll try to stream the launch uh we'll have some uh some uh recovery uh teams hopefully already out near where we think it's going uh and we will even stream we'll even stream from our truck as we uh are, are heading for the balloon and that should be interesting hearing all the confusion in our truck about which way to go because the balloon as it comes down the balloon is going to change probably different directions and we're probably going to be driving around in circles but it's probably hopefully it's be within 50 miles we'll talk all about that so i want to bring our guest in tonight man and uh, our guest is uh dave bowman kc9vvt uh how you doing uh, dave come on in here and talk to us Okay, how are you? Hello from uh, 20 miles above uh, northern Indiana. You're uh, you're way up there right now, it looks like, man. Uh, yeah, this way. <laughs> nice picture. Nice, nice, nice picture there. I, I hope we can. Uh, I hope we can accomplish something where we can see something like that. So, 
you know, one of the things, I don't know if you know Bill Brown, but Bill Brown is also mm -hmm. a member of our team here, and, and Bill has about 900 launches. He's been launching uh, for the last, I don't know, 40 years. And uh, mm -hmm. in fact, I've got a video here of, of, uh, of uh, Bill on the news at Huntsville Space Center doing a launch, and you are to look what Bill looked like about 30 or 40 years ago <laughs> he looks just like he does now but younger I, I you'll have to see it we'll put that video on maybe next week uh, uh bill will be back with us i think next week he's up in ohio uh, at his dad's farm but uh mm -hmm. right now we want to talk about your experiences you've got some great experience uh and um very successful experiences and you you know your business and you'll be a big help to us and uh and just talking to you last day or two, I've learned a lot. So uh, we'll kick this thing off a minute in a minute with a video that, that you, you did for one of the schools. But I've got a few pictures here. Well, first of all, you, you want to just tell us, uh, uh, Dave, like how long you've been doing this and give us a little mm -hmm. background. Yeah, I started uh, doing this almost nine years ago. Um, my night job, I teach at a community college, and we wanted to do a STEM event. And I... Um, uh, recommended doing a, a highball, a high altitude balloon project, and got some funds for that. And and so we do. We have a very informal team, um, just with the local ham operators, and then we'll I work with uh, uh, students in the area as well if they want to do a launch. And we do two or three a year. So we've had um, uh, 19 uh, missions so far over the past. Uh, has it been nine years? Yeah, about nine years, and uh, we've lost only one of those. So well, that's uh, that's, that's, that's great pretty odds. good. And uh, you know, let me see if I can do a split screen. Yeah, that that'll work right here. You know, uh, one of the reasons I didn't want to send an expensive camera with this thing is <laughs> we're beginners. We're beginners here. We haven't done our first one yet, and I didn't want to send a, a high dollar GoPro uh, and never see it again. You know. I, you know, I'm okay with the Pico balloons where you tie the hundred dollar bill in a balloon and just let it go. I'm okay with those, but I didn't want to lose. I didn't want to lose a GoPro. So, uh, but but you haven't lost any equipment, have you? Oh, right. Only except just the uh, the one that you know that we lost. We uh, that happened to be the one that uh, we did during the uh, solar eclipse back in August of 2017. So about of all the ones that we wanted not to lose that's the one we lost but um but yeah i mean and um it's it's pretty um I mean, there's lots of different things that happen in the balloon as you're going up and when it bursts and there's a lot of uh, dynamics going on and and um you really cannot predict necessarily where it's going to land except uh, oh maybe within 10 miles because you don't know everything of, of how um <clears throat> how much of the balloon is going to be left when you come down and that. So we've had one flight where uh, we know somebody found it before us and decided to walk off with some of our stuff. So that's why you need a chase, an advanced chase team. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, uh, but we've had really good luck with um, uh, using APRS and I've done the uh, uh, satellite modem as well on a couple of ours and that's, that works very well. Um, is that the spot? Uh, they call it spot X or something, or? Oh, this this one's a, a Rock Seven. It uses the okay. Iridium um, satellite, and there's a monthly fee, and then yeah. it's 
each message, uh, there's a small message, and it only costs 15 cents or so to oh, send a message. Oh, yeah. Pretty good. Okay. That's a different service, but, uh, of course, it's all new to us. But I, I think it's important for us to have that because it's going to zero that thing in for us uh, and tell us right exactly where it is there. Uh, so, uh, let's see. I've got a few pictures here. Just real quick, we'll go through those. Then, then what we'll do, I'm going to start the video up in the background, and we'll continue to talk uh, about this. But... Uh, I, uh, let's see, i got a few pictures here. Now, I, is this a typical recovery right here? <laughs> yeah, well, that's our special antenna work. So, like I said, uh, you never really know where you're going to land. About uh, a third of the missions we've had, we've landed in a tree, or in this case, we landed in someone's uh, old uh, TV aerial. And uh, so I had to hire some people to come out with their crane and get it down <laughs> oh so are, were you responsible for getting it i guess you wanted it back right yeah. right yeah yeah it's the crane cost a, a bit to hire the guys to do it but it still was cheaper than the cameras and and the yeah. radios and everything yeah. we had inside of it so oh, well that's something to think about uh all right let's see here's another picture let's see this is uh what are we looking at there's a balloon i guess looking up mm -hmm. yeah this was um we did uh, some uh, practice flights out in Missouri. We were going to go there for the eclipse, and this is one of them. So this is uh, just looking up at the balloon at about, uh, oh, 8,000 feet. And then I have a, another picture that shows it at about 80,000 feet, and you can, you can see how much the balloon itself has uh, grown in size as it goes up. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it goes quite a bit. Usually um, uh, they'll start out at, yeah, six to seven feet in diameter. Uh, it's it's not really round when you start. It's kind of egg shaped, and then uh, when it pops, it's uh, depending on the balloon size. It'll be 25, 30, 35 feet in diameter when it finally pops. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's pretty big. I think the uh, balloon that I've ordered here, uh, it, it's it says something about popping diameter of about 25 feet uh mm -hmm. i guess you can get all sizes here but uh we uh we hope to uh get that on up there where we can have some fun like you guys here's a video uh, here's a quick video of the balloon popping i guess you got to watch this real close but uh does does the balloon normally pop and go into a million pieces or does it end up uh in big pieces and mess your parachute up yeah that's one of the uh uncontrolled <laughs> things yeah. you have to uh, kind of plan for uh sometime i mean it always shreds when it pops i call it shredding yeah um but uh um it will uh, sometimes we'll get most of the balloon back and uh, you have to be careful on the lines for it and that uh, so yeah that's where it's uh, uh about eighty thousand feet there but um when it um uh so sometimes you'll have that extra weight that you have to um uh, take into account whenever you're coming down because that the balloon itself is like two pounds and that's quite a bit of weight yeah and then sometimes it shreds enough where there's hardly anything left and then you wind up going twice as far away uh when it lands than what you predicted because a lot of the predictions presume that the balloon is still going to be basically intact uh -huh. and and they hadn't and have that extra two pounds of weight or whatever so this is one um that's actually Lake Michigan, about uh, oh, 35 or 40 miles away, and this is right at 
uh, about 95,000. You can, uh, so up there, the atmosphere is about 1% of what it is on the surface. And, um, and um, it's, you would think that without hardly any air, it's not going to do very much. But uh, uh, as soon as it pops and starts mm-hmm. coming down, the parachute fills up even though there's hardly any air, but it comes down screaming real fast because there's just not, again, not that much air, but it's, it's, it shakes and rattles and rolls. And that's one of the, the things to make sure that when you, um, uh, you know, as you build your, your flight system and all that, make sure yeah. all your connectors and everything are, are uh, attached well because it will shake and, and come apart when you least expect it when so you least want a, it to this is a great picture right here was this on one of your recent flights or oh that was uh about oh that no this was about five years ago okay um the um i get that uh one of my favorite pictures is one that i had from my background because uh, that's actually a picture from uh our very first flight oh and, and uh, hey you know you know what people may not have noticed this but there is a UFO uh, off at the distance here. Uh, looks like a looks like a flying saucer out there. So did you guys know you got a picture of that? You know, I mean, the government might want this. Uh, all right. So hey, here's a here's another shot here. Hey, here's a couple people in space. It looks like uh, who who are these people? I'm, you're you're muted. I think. I'm sorry. That's oh, right. um, yeah, that's um, one of the teachers had a contest, um, and so whoever you know about their science uh, project, and so these were two students they decided to put on the balloon. In a way, uh, this demonstrates. Uh, this is right after it popped. So you can see the parachutes already uh, filled up, and then the the gas bag, the the balloon there is attached to that frame, so a lot of it stayed with it. Now, what's there. the frame? What's the frame for? Well, that was something in the early days. We tried to make try to make sure that the uh, the parachute would uh, okay. fill out as soon as yeah. possible. Yeah, and so the frame was to uh, kind of open up the chute uh, right away, and we figured out we really didn't need that so much, and it just okay. added a little more weight than what we wanted. So. Okay. All right, I'm going to put a video on behind here, and uh, we'll just continue to talk as the video runs. Um, and uh, and then we can take questions and, uh, and Glenn and Alan and Katie, you guys jump in at, at any time you want to. Uh, let's see if I can find the right one here. There it is. So I'm going to put this on and, and Dave, we can kind of talk about it as it goes. Now, I assume there the your payload is laying sideways. Yeah, normally... Um well, one of the one of the things to watch out for when you launch, since uh, you normally go up pretty quick, between so seven hundred to a thousand feet per minute, and it will, um, it'll jerk your your lines quite a bit. So one of the things to help out is you um, you want to put your flight train, we call it a flight train, with all your payloads, kind of downwind from where the balloon's going to go as it goes up, and so we line it up that way and. And then uh, I like to launch it where I'm holding on to the balloon, and then I'll I'll um, hang on to the parachute and then let it go up. Yeah. And then the, the the kids get a big kick out of counting nail down from five, <laughs> and uh, I let them do that. And then away we go. 
So I was wondering if you could just put a little tether line on the balloon and kind of let it up slowly to to get your payload kind of off the ground and then just mm -hmm. let it go. Of course, you probably wouldn't want that tether line wrapping around stuff up there. So. Right. Yeah, we, we tried that actually in our earlier flights where we had a tether to the, uh, tied to the neck you know, through a loop. Yeah, through a loop. And, it, a loop. Just, and it just wound up being more... Uh, more trouble than it was really worth and then uh, um, so I just started doing it this way where I just held on to the single tether line that connects all the different payload modules together yeah. and uh, that worked out and just kind of work it work it as it goes up uh, just, right uh, yeah yep. I, I think that's that's good advice here yep. tell us about this payload I'm looking at here uh, it's in a little box you got some figurines or so what is that yeah those are little peeps marshmallow peeps uh, Kids love to put marshmallows up there, and sometimes we'll be able to put a camera on it, and you can watch the marshmallows uh, expand as the uh, you know, atmospheric oh. pressure goes down, and and then they eat them when they come back. And you know, it's, is that right? I, I didn't. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I didn't think of this. So they'll uh, eat the marshmallows when they come back down to the ground. That's, yep, uh, that's cool. Been to space almost. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we tend we tend to uh, the kids also. They really like to have a ping pong balls so we usually have them drawing some ping pong balls and and then uh they get we put that all in a bag and so when they get back now they have a personal memento of something that's been up in near space yeah so tell us about uh, the cameras you're using here what what type of cameras do you um, have on this payload yeah i've, I've done uh, i've used all well, three or four different ones uh one of them uh, uh the uh, uh canon still shot or sure shot because you can uh, program that thing to run, um, you know, take pictures at a certain time or adjust it at a certain times and that, and uh, that's pretty easy to do. Uh, we've done uh, GoPros um, and even some uh, cheaper uh, uh, high-def uh, uh, video cameras and, and even just putting in a, like an Android uh, uh, smartphone in it and just turn the silly thing on. That's, we've mm. done that and just let it run. Um, one of the uh, one of the other danger well not dangers but uh, things you want to watch out for is make sure that the the button that turns on your cameras is uh, away from anything else that's inside of your box because when that thing jostles around sometimes things will hit the button and it turns off your camera so you want to make sure everything's pretty secure in there. Yeah. Um, well, I've I've noticed that uh, there's quite a jar at different times there and. Uh, mm -hmm. So I guess we'll plan accordingly. It's good to pick up all these little uh, little uh, bits and pieces. So you know, when the thing jerks uh, and takes off, you don't want the camera jumping out of the spot there where it's aimed through the hole. I guess so. You got to make right. sure it's you got to make sure everything's really secure there. What about temperature? You know, we thought about throwing uh, we thought about throwing some hand warmers in the box because it's really cold up here. Tell mm -hmm. us about temperature. Yeah, we uh, for our first flight or so, we threw in a couple of hand warmers, and uh, you know, the, normally the, it takes two hours to go up to altitude, and anywhere from oh, 45 minutes or 40 minutes down to maybe an hour to come back down. So you're usually looking at about a three-hour uh, uh, flight time. So that's not really that much time when you're exposed to the temperature. Mm -hmm. uh, extremes. Uh, the temperatures will go down, you know, obviously as you go up in altitude until you hit uh, the stratosphere, which is, well, it varies, but maybe uh, 50 to 60,000. 
and then uh, then the temperatures actually start to increase. So the um, uh, the lowest temperature is about oh 70 degrees below zero uh, Fahrenheit, and then uh, but we've measured temperatures up at 100,000 feet where the temperature has increased back up to the freezing point. Um, mm-hmm. So so again, you're not really in the really cold streams for that long. Um, and your electronics, I mean, they're generating uh, uh, heat as well, even the little cameras and the batteries and that. So um, we, nowadays, we just we tend not to even put any warmers uh, in there at all. But we, we add a, quite a bit more of electronics and transmitters, too. So, yeah. But on our, on our first one, when we landed, it was the inside of the box was so hot because of the hand warmers. We had to let it sit for yeah. about 30 uh, minutes. Yeah. Yeah, so my, my, hey, I, that's another tip, I guess. We we won't put many hand warmers in. Maybe one. I don't know. Yeah, maybe one. <laughs> maybe one hand warmer. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, and then you notice, you know, it. Uh, one of the uh, one of the you know, things you want to try to control is how much does it sway and how much does it rotate. Um, you can see here it really rotates quite a bit. Um, there's not really not that much that you can do about the rotation. Uh, people have tried over the years uh, different things on mm-hmm. try to reduce rotation. And um, there's one group that I know with uh, uh, the planetarium in Chicago. They've got they've worked it out. Um, where the best thing to keep the rotation down is to actually uh, get up to your altitude and let go or release some of the uh, helium. And stop your vertical ascent. So uh, it's because of the wind flowing by the uh, mm-hmm. your modules that it really you know, starts to rotate. The hey, swaying I'm looking, part. I look at the picture there. Is that is that the Ohio River or the Mississippi River? No, that one. That, yeah, that one's the Mississippi. Right there, we launched from uh, Perryville, Indiana, or Perryville, Missouri, uh-huh. uh, because the uh, the totality shadow from the eclipse was going to go right over Perryville. And then later on, though, I mean, this balloon flew uh, over into uh, southern Illinois, and then um, uh, we got pictures of the Ohio River over there. But uh, um, and then for the, the swaying part, um, you kind of think of it as a, a pendulum. So you have your balloon, and then you've got your modules underneath it, and the, the frequency of the pendulum motion. Uh, mm-hmm gets uh, lower and lower the longer the pendulum is. So uh, we tend to put uh, all from the balloon down to the parachute, we will put uh, five, 10 feet of line and then from the parachute down to the radar reflector about another 10 feet and then in between each module, 10 or 15 feet. So you can get a pretty long chain. Yeah, talk train. to me. Uh, talk to me about the radar reflector. I, I'm not sure that's required. Uh, is that something that we uh, uh, we could build, we could put on there, uh, talk yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's not really, uh, as long as your balloon module, the way the FAA uh, regulations are, uh, it they don't really care how big your balloon is. It's the modules that you have mm-hmm. attached to it. Um, and so each, uh, each individual module cannot weigh more than six pounds, and a total altogether cannot be more than 12 pounds. So that's quite right. a bit of weight, really. Um, and then, um, um, so once you know, once you do that or build that up, then 
if as long as you don't exceed that, you're really exempt from the regulations. Mm-hmm. Um, so technically, you don't really even have to file anything with the FAA or, or anything like that. Although it's you know I've always uh, tried to work real closely with the local people and the FAA, like with the Chicago Center and that and. And you can tell they, they appreciate it, even though uh, we don't really are required to. So the radar reflector is one of the requirements that if you were above that weight limit, that you were that you have oh, to have. Okay, one. I got you. I got you. And uh, the the ones I whenever I use one, uh, I just go online and get one of those uh, little marine uh, radar reflectors. They're about this big. It's for uh, about 200 megahertz uh, uh, radar signals and. Um, they're they're really cheaper. You can make your own. Uh-huh. But I've I've talked with air traffic controllers and and they said they have never seen a radar reflection. Yeah, these. yeah. So it's, it's pretty small. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's talk a minute about tracking. Did y'all just use APRS or did you use uh, additional tracking? No, uh, we've we've always done a, a APRS. Uh, some people uh, you can get uh, like a spot tracker um you know i think you mentioned yeah, that that's, one uh, yeah we're looking at adding a spot yep uh-huh. now um uh with spot the well, the one problem is uh it will not uh it will not report above sixty thousand feet if i remember right well i so, i was reading about it uh i was a little concerned about that i, I thought i read where it didn't report over maybe ten thousand or something like that but I'm thinking that even below that, if it gave us good spots below ten thousand, it would it would almost ensure that we could recover the balloon. Yeah, we've we've used that as like a secondary one, yeah. uh, but we've we've had it. Uh, it depends. Uh, get up to oh, maybe not quite sixty thousand, but certainly above ten thousand, we've got a report mm-hmm. from it and that. Um, another, uh, uh, but I really like the uh, the iridium satellite modem. Um, it weighs about, oh, well, maybe a little bit more than the spot, uh, but it, uh, it talks, you can send your own messages as often as you want, however you want to pay, and, and uh, it does better than APRS. Um, normally, um, you know, where we're at at least, uh, we don't get an APRS ping right. uh, until we're above 2,000. And then when you're coming down, uh, you know, you, you don't see it when you're below 2,000. But the Iridium yeah. satellite, we were on the ground, and we knew exactly where it was. But, uh, right. Well, we're thinking about adding the satellite because it, it will help us find this. So uh, in your chasing, I know you have some advanced chase teams. And have you ever got under one and actually saw it coming down? Do you, do you ever get that yep. close? Yeah, the... Uh, um, the <laughs> Uh, we had one balloon that wound up uh, uh, being hit by one of those giant wind turbines when it landed. Mm. And it was on that flight where the, the advanced chase team was right where it was going to pop. And they could see it pop at 100,000 feet, which was really? uh, wow. pretty exciting. And then, uh, you know, and then they followed it on the way down. And it, it's important when you're chased, you know, you got to really uh, divvy up the responsibilities. One guy... You know, one person needs to track the balloon where it's going, and, and then someone focus on driving because you know, right. you're, like you said, you're really going all over the place yep. trying to find the thing and, and get to where it's at. And there's been times where we've been able to get to uh, the spot where it's going to land before it lands, and that's 
that's pretty fun too. Awesome. So. Great. Yeah, I've already thought about that, and uh, I'm lining up some help there. We, we're going to need multiple people in the car because, in addition to uh, 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 tracking it and driving, we're going to try to stream live and have a chat room going. So it's going to take uh, multiple people to keep all that stuff going. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And we've let's see. Uh, I mean, we normally. Uh, what we do is stuff for the the kids and that so the more cameras i can have or and then they do their own experiments i i have done uh 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 atv with it and uh and all oh, about the 1200 megahertz uh range and uh i think uh, my transmitter has um or my uh, camera my television camera about 600 uh, tv lines and i was able to get about 35 miles with that thing um, was from where we were at on the ground, from where we launched, and the balloon was 35 miles away, and I still had a good TV camera for the from the ATV signal. So, just talk a little bit more about that because uh, we're we're not planning that this flight, but uh, it would be cool to transmit video back and receive it live on the ground. So, you use the uh, an AT uh, amateur TV uh, right. signal. Yep. And uh, I guess on the ground, I mean, you know, the, AT, the amateur TV uh, is is on a, I don't know, a certain TV channel. You don't even need a converter for it. Uh, did you carry? Did you have a TV with you, or how do you tell? Tell us about. Yeah, your, well, uh, we we you know I had a uh, had my antenna from the launch site, and then we we had to uh, you know we had to point the antenna at where mm-hmm. we thought the balloon was and that so that was important to track it along the way in order to make sure we got good reception and that but yeah we had a we just had a regular tv and then i had another um another gizmo that i hooked up to my uh laptop uh that would take the uh the receiver end of it and i could stream that live so we did that with facebook or youtube and yeah okay. and we have we had one flight where the local uh tele or local news uh, channel uh, live streamed it too for a little while. So you TV, were able so. with the the amateur TV, and I guess that was on. Was that on like four four fifty four forty band? I guess. No, that's uh. Well, the, what I used was a uh, twelve hundred. Oh, okay, it's twelve hundred. Okay, so I've got some little transmitters that are tw- the twelve hundred, and also the 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 what is it five point eight gig? I mm-hmm. think uh, both. Uh, so something like that, and you were able to actually see it thirty miles away. Yep. And, yep. and how was the picture quality? Was was it fairly good at times? Oh, yeah. About uh, um, and you could tell when we were not really pointing very well with our with our yeah. receiving antenna, right? Um, uh, but and we did pretty good tracking it. Um, but uh, when you got to about thirty, oh, about thirty miles away. Um, you could see some static coming in it, and then after about 35, you can kind of make out what it was. But um, and then after that point, you're not really. But uh, uh, it's you know it's uh, an old uh, NTSC you know kind of yeah. signal, of course, and the kind of resolution with the imagery, and uh, uh, it works when it's working well. It works well. So so maybe on our next flight, we try a a true video link video camera transmitter. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, as as you said, you pick it up, and then we'll pipe it into a laptop. We, we can stream it, yep. uh, and uh, that that might be something interesting too. That's just going to take more people. You can't do this with just a handful <laughs> of people, right? Yeah, and that, that's one of the other things too. It uh, 
um, since our team is kind of informal, it's hard for me to kind of divvy up the responsibilities and that. But if you're going to do the TV, uh, it takes time to set up the, the live stream with the internet and set up the, you know, hook it up with your uh, television or with your uh, laptop and all that. And it's it would be really good if you had a person just dedicated for that. Yeah, I see right here. It looks like the balloon just burst. You were yep. about 90-something thousand feet. Yep, this was at uh, about 98,000 feet, and you could see where, um, and this is where I slowed down the videos just to show the kids what's underneath the balloon here. These are lakes in uh, southern Illinois. Now, did, did, um, you get that, did you get that altitude from the uh, APRS? Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, and then I've, I've done two with, uh, I put some Arduino on there uh, with uh, an SD card. And um, so I, when you're doing the uh, iridium modem, for instance, what I, I created a message that I would send to the iridium satellite that just uh, reported position. And um, so I needed my own GPS uh, with the Arduino, and then I could record every 15 seconds on the positions on that, um, at least on the little SD card. And then, um, but then I would only report with APRS. I tend to only do about 90 seconds for that. Just not, uh, you know, yeah. not hammer. Okay. Well, that's, that's cool. Hammer the net. And, and and you know your your uh, APRS probably whatever it reported. It, it, if it only reports every couple minutes, you probably went a little bit higher than uh, than, than the altitude it, it reported. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I can. Um, I mean, you can tell what your ascent rate mm -hmm. is, uh, which you know again it. One of the things is it will ascend maybe, you know, again, somewhere between 750 and 1,000 feet per minute. By the time you get up to altitude, you're, you've reduced your ascent rate by maybe 20%. So you're down to maybe 600 feet per minute. But that's still, you know, still a good ways uh, up there. So you can kind of interpolate. I got my last ping here at this time, and, and the video shows you exactly when it popped. So you can kind of interpolate how much higher you got. Well, I, I'm really interested in our show moving into this project and trying this. And already I have ideas about the next one. I want to put the video camera on there and I want to stream it, stream it live. So we got a lot of work to do here and uh, we're going to be pulling from you uh, uh, and, 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 and hitting you up there for uh, help and information. Uh, on this, let's see if uh, hey uh, uh, Glenn, Alan, uh, Katie, uh, are you guys? Uh, what do you think about this? What it, this is kind of fun, isn't it? Well, I, it was interesting. I didn't uh, didn't expect that the temperature would increase uh, once you get above some certain altitude there, yeah. and uh, it was that just uh, because there's so little atmosphere to draw the heat away from the electronics. Is that uh, no, it's actually that's that's uh, there's still enough atmosphere where you can measure it. It's the stratosphere is where ozone is generated, and mm -hmm. so the generation of ozone actually creates heat. Okay. And so as you go up, your you know it actually goes up in temperature. So so. Okay. Yeah, I, I've been looking at a lot of the charts the government publishes about altitude and temperature, and, and you can clearly see how if you get way on up there, you know, eighty, ninety thousand way up there, it starts warming up, but we could never get that high, so we were always stuck in the cold, you know, in, in, in the 45s. Right. We were stuck. We, yeah. It was a long ways to go before we could warm up, and we could never make that. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, when, uh, you know, 
we're kind of going that from opposite directions. You all started from uh, you know, lower altitude, but you you know you mm-hmm. cross transcontinental and around the globe and all that. To me, that's that's harder than doing this. <laughs> so when I grow up, I want to do what you're doing. <laughs> well, you know, we'll share and we'll both uh, help each other out here. Uh, um, this looks like fun, and uh, you guys have already worked it out, and you know how things are supposed to act. And if we if we replicate it, uh, we should have some success, I would think. Mm-hmm. I have a question, and it kind of goes back to probably when you started all this, Dave. And, and I'm wonder. I noticed, like in the video, it looks like you have almost the entire school out there, but. Is this just? Did it start with a say a STEM program in one in one particular school in your district? And how did you actually get that rolling for those of us that Uh-oh. might be interested? Yeah, well, the, with the uh, this my college uh, that I teach at, um, we have a, an annual STEM event, and so they'll invite the elementary and the high school uh, people over, and we had oh maybe twenty different schools for that. So for that very first one, we had oh about three four hundred students watching it go up wow. but then after that though uh, then it was you know i would have teachers and then their individual classes come to me and ask me to help them um you know do a, a balloon and i just asked them to pay for the helium and pay for the um the gas bag you know the balloon and then i provided all the electronics and everything else and they built experiments like you know marshmallow peeps and right they they had the cafeteria make a giant uh, uh, <clears throat> chocolate chip cookies and they sent that up and then they eat it when it comes down and, oh you know there yeah that's a lot of fun <laughs> you know we're about to uh, let me get, put the video back on i think we're about to hit the ground here uh now you guys found this one but i think uh you couldn't get to it it was in a tree uh yeah this was so one of the things i learned <laughs> the hard way is uh you know, uh, like I said, about a third of the time you're going to land in a tree, and maybe down where you're at, it might even be worse uh, more often than that. So I, I bought a uh, an arborist uh, giant uh, slingshot where you can uh, shoot up a line up into the tree about 75 or 100 feet, just enough to be able to grab onto the balloon and try to yank it down and, and all that out of the limbs. And it still takes a while, but um, we did not have that on this flight. Uh, what we did have was um you know it had traveled about 150 miles in the southern illinois and uh what we did have apparently was some uh uh amish uh farm boys who happened to be going by a little later and saw it in the tree so they climbed the tree and got it down oh my gosh and then they uh i think they're on uh, they're actually on the camera here i think Uh, you you can see them and you can see their hats laying on the ground i believe yep Uh, so their dad had to go down to the you know some local store and use telephone and and uh, give us a call and he would not let me put their faces on the video, um, which yeah that's understandable. Yeah, yeah. But but um, it, 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 the uh, and and your your payload got carried off by horse and buggy. I understand. Yep, yep. So there, in the video you can so sometimes um, like here. Uh, I used a, a Android smartphone and as one of the cameras, and it had stopped actually about, oh, maybe t- 10 minutes before it landed, but uh, it must have warmed up somewhat uh, because uh, after they got it out of the tree, they turned it back on and it's taken this video. And here we are in the back seat of the buggy 
about ready to go. Yeah, yeah. There was uh, uh, one group um, uh, uh, out of Chicago that uh, they write software for um, uh, Google Street Maps, where uh-huh. you can go and, and create your own, use a, a, a 360 GoPro, uh, take your video, and then you use their software to create street maps. And so two years ago, two, three years ago, they wanted to do one for the balloon. And uh, so we've got uh, a 360 video from one of our flights as well that they did. And then they created a, a street map view from 88,000 feet above Chicago. Um, that was pretty fun, pretty fun too. Um, one of the things too, like uh, we mentioned, uh, even though you're exempt from the FAA regs because you'll be uh, lower on the weight than that, uh, it's still really good to um, um, file a notem. You know, notem. Yeah. Talk with a local. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. still good to file a notem. Uh, talk with a local uh, airport, and that it's it's it takes about an hour to fill up the balloon uh, once you get started. Maybe a little less than that, and it's uh, mm-hmm. easier to do that inside of a hangar. But you want to go to an airfield that does not have a control tower. Just talk to the people there. Um, we were able to. Um, the guys in Chicago, I talked to Chicago Center and the people at O'Hare and that, and, um, you know, just pointed out that, uh, you know, by the regs, we could launch, but I still wanted to work with them real closely. So we spent about two months designing some software that they could track, so that way they knew where the balloon was. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's been, I mean, there's times in some of the videos, you can hear a jetliner go by in uh so you don't, you know, <laughs> you're talking about like a, yeah. a two or three or four pound bird, in a way, that's made out of metal. That's what your payload is to an airplane, and trying to hit that at 550 miles an hour, that's that's not going to be a good day. So yeah. So you collect uh, a lot of data. I can see the data here. We can see it climbing. We can see the burst. Uh, it looked like it came down quite quick. Yep. So this is a, a kind of typical. I mean, we started out at. Uh, Oh, I'm not sure what the scale is on the other side, but um, we started out at about uh, 900 feet per minute or so, and it pretty well stayed steady until then uh, uh, one line shows you uh, going up to altitude, and then when it bursts, it comes down at, oh, you can, within a minute, you've already lost about uh-huh. 10,000 feet, yeah. 5,000, 10,000 feet, it really comes down quick uh this is a vertical ground speed there so you can see where you got into the jet stream when you got back out of it and that and so you're going to hit the jet stream twice and and uh which is kind of interesting and uh the other one of the other key things too that you probably have not experienced is um with yours when you get up to about sixty thousand feet or so then you get into a stratospheric winds and the balloon actually will start going back yeah. Usually the yeah. stratospheric winds are in the opposite direction. Right. And then uh, what's down by the surface. And uh, so it makes a nice little S. And um, Well, if you're lucky, it'll come It'll come right back over you and land uh, where you right. Over, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, hey, man, it's been uh, exciting talking to you about this tonight. We learned a lot, and um, hopefully we can uh, replicate some of this. Um and uh, man, I don't know, Katie. Uh, I think we ought to 
We ought to run some kind of contest and put somebody's picture on it and send them to space. What do you think? I think that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You've got me hungry for these big marshmallows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we can do that too, man. I heard that and was like, I'm in. Yeah. I think okay. a giant cookie, I'm in. <laughs> so, Dave, uh, I've heard of the guys down in Colorado that do regular launches like this. They actually noise. have line cutting technology where they cut mm -hmm. the line before the balloon bursts. Right. Um, what's the advantage of that? Well, that uh, one of them is. Um, uh, if it's the group that I'm thinking of, their balloons actually are above the limit, so that's actually required, the weight limit. Okay. Um, but if you're as long as you're below 12 pounds and, and some other factors, and you don't really need that. The other um, advantage of that, though, is you don't have that extra weight of the balloon as you're coming down. Um, so, you know, again, if you have a, a payload that's two, three, four pounds, and that balloon adds another two pounds where your parachute's having to to carry six pounds or so, whereas if you can cut the um, cut the balloon away, now it only has four pounds to carry, so it'll go a little further, and you get more pictures that way. So, okay, I was just just curious because uh, they had one where the balloon uh, they cut loose from the balloon and the and the the parachute did not deploy. Oh, <laughs> and most of the electronics actually survived. Yeah, I like. Uh, uh, might have done that too. I've had a couple of them where I did not have a good uh, a connector between my lines, and with all that jostling around when it burst, uh, one or two of them fell off, and and they survived. I, I tend to build my own little boxes out of a foam board, and um, uh, with a, oh, a couple layers of that, and that you know when I got hit by that wind turbine, uh, everything inside the box survived. Anything outside didn't. It's not the, the fall that hurts it. It's a sudden stop at the end. You know, right. hey, I, yeah. you know, one of the things, uh, <laughs> right. there's a video that I've, I've been watching where a guy sent a balloon up to 90-something. He had an iPad on it, iPad and a camera. He did not have a parachute on it. He came down, hit the ground, and the iPad was still working when he picked it up. Mm -hmm. Hey, I want to show I, you something. This has come from my buddies out in uh, Oregon. You're talking about how do you cut something loose. Uh, I, I wasn't really familiar with this, but uh, here's a little deal here they sent me. Here's a, we got a, we got a balloon right here. We got a parachute. We got a parachute. And then this little board here can be programmed. And I, I assume you could use something like an Arduino or something, program it for altitude or a timer. But you see this little red thing right here? I didn't know what this was. But this cuts loose the payload. There's a fishing line. You can't see it. There's a fishing line that goes through this. This is actually a blasting cap. Mm. It actually has an explosion, and it cuts the line here. I thought that was just amazing. Um, and uh, I'm thinking maybe we could put a little blasting cap like that right at the bottom of the hydrogen balloon. And see what that would do. Hey, you know. hey, what's not to like? You got space. You got yeah. You know, balloons, and you get to blow stuff up. I mean, it's like That's a win-win. Right. Win. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if it's explosive, I'm all in. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't like to blow stuff up? <laughs> yeah, Dave, you mentioned foam board. Are you talking about just beaded styrofoam foam board? Yeah, yeah. You go to Walmart or whatever, and you get the uh, or some hobby place, and it's uh, either five mils, five millimeters thick, or three and a half or so. And I just kind of put a couple of 
or two or three of those sheets together to make it nice and solid. I build a little door so I can put things in it. And that stuff doesn't play like the marshmallows when it gets up there, starts expanding. No, no. I mean, what they have it, it's it's um, you know, they have cardboard, a thin sheet of cardboard, yeah. you know, around it, and then I cover up the. Uh, I use a, a RTV silicon to glue things together. That works really well in temperatures and that cold temperatures and warm. Um, but uh, and then I use uh, zip ties. I mean, zip ties work great, and duct tape. Eh, it depends, yeah. you know. Yeah. Okay. So now you're going to call back my favorite line in any book ever, <laughs> and that's from Andy Weir's The Martian. Of course, duct tape works in the near vacuum of space. Yeah, duct tape works yeah. everywhere. It has magical properties that should be worshipped. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, hey guys, we need we need to move on, but we can continue we can continue this in a little while in, in our next segment that we have where we invite everybody in. Uh, we'll we'll continue with this, uh, and I think Alan has something here that maybe we can squeeze in here. Uh, let me just make an announcement real quick. Let me make two announcements. Uh, if you're out there listening on International Shortwave WBCQ seventy four ninety, uh, we're talking about sending balloons to near space and this program is about a ham radio amateur radio send us an email if you're hearing the show tonight and uh, we'd love to uh, hear from you send an email to tom at w5kub.com we'd love to hear from you also you can join join the show live just by going to w5kub.com no no that's wrong scratch by going to youtube.com slash w5kub uh, every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, you can you can join our show uh, there live, and uh, you can watch. Okay, um, uh, the other announcement was we're moving into the show after the show in probably 10 or 15 minutes. That's the gathering where we get have the gathering of uh, all the hands. If you'd like to uh, have a Zoom link to join us, send me an email right now. Send it to Tom at W5KUB.com, Tom at W5KUB.com, and we'll send you back a, a Zoom link uh, uh, instantly that will allow you to join us uh, once we open that uh, Zoom uh, meeting up. So we'll be doing that in probably the next 15 minutes. So uh, let me take uh, just a quick break here. I'll be right back, and then we will uh, we'll, uh, talk with Alan for a few minutes, and then we'll follow that with uh, the gathering. So uh, stand by. We'll be right back. Great Outdoors are calling. Get outside and under the stars with one of ICOM's ultimate SDR transceivers. The IC705 is a perfect transceiver for hams who enjoy both the great indoors and the outdoors. It's a perfect QRP companion. The base station has features and functionality at the tip of your fingers and a portable package. And it covers HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. And guess what? It weighs in at just under 2 pounds. It has a 4.3 inch touchscreen and it's got a live band scope and waterfall. It'll run 5 watts with a BP272 or 10 watts on 13.8 volts DC. It runs all modes, including D-Star. The speaker microphone comes standard. The perfect accessory for the 705 is the LC192 backpack. It has a special compartment for your IC705 and room for all your accessories. Create your own band opening with the IC9700. This transceiver radio brings direct sampling to the UHF VHF weak signal world. This all-mode transceiver is loaded with innovative features that are just sure to keep you busy. It has a 4.3 inch color touchscreen and spectroscope and waterfall. 
It has smooth satellite operation with 99 satellite channels and it's full duplex operation in satellite mode. Heard it, worked it, and logged it with ICOM 7300. It's a high performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed your expectations. This innovative ATF transistor digitizes the RF before various receiver stages to reduce the generated inherent noise in different IF stages. The IC7300 is the radio that changed the way of entry-level HF. Visit www.icomamerica/amateur for more information on ICOM radios. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast, proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. All right, and we're back. And guess what? We've got a prize to give out. Katie, talk to us. Yes, sir. All right, Amateur Radio Roundtable friends, this is our last week for a giveaway from Allen Laser Creations, your own personalized call sign plaque that does light up. Oh, there it goes. Okay. So this is donated by, from, again, Allen Laser Creations, which is owned by Joe Allen, KC0FWG out of Fargo, North Dakota. All so happens to be. Our side. A miniature version of him. So, <laughs> uh, but there is, uh, if you check out the website at Allen Laser Creations, you can check out these and other items that they have. And um, there's also a discount code, WI7YL15 or, or something like that. I'll double check. But yeah, just um, so if you're watching right now, this is only live for U.S. Um, viewers. Sorry, everybody over the pond. Um, just type something into the chat room here um, on, you know, with your call sign, your name, just dot, dot, whatever, yeah, just so yeah. we can see that you're active in here. And then our unofficial handbot will pick a winner for tonight. Yeah. We'll hey, get this hey. off to Joe, and uh, he'll whip this up for you and get it out. And um, Andy, KD5PUR, got his a couple weeks ago, and... John KC7DRI out in Idaho got his, and I forgot who else we had. Yeah, John says, hard to believe I won mine back in March. I can't believe it was March already, too. So, okay. all right, so we'll give it another yeah. minute, so, and so uh, we'll let's grab do this. a name let's, here. Yeah, let's, uh, let's do it. Everybody, uh, as Katie mentioned, you need to hit a period or enter. Do something, type hi, type hello, because what that does, that puts you in the list, uh, the participants list. So, Everybody, you need to say something in the chat room. If you don't say something in the chat room, your name is not going to get picked. So uh, everybody just do something. There you go. Alan says dot, dot. There we go. Hi. Uh, yep. uh, hey, there's Freddie in there. Anything Hi, and everything. Freddy. Did you see Freddie in the chat room tonight, Tom? Uh, you say Freddie. Freddie, yeah. Fre I knew Freddie was going to be here. 
Oh, good. Hi, yeah. Freddie. Oh, my gosh, I haven't seen you in forever, Freddie. I know. Gosh, it's been too long. Yeah. In fact, uh, I think Freddie is going to join our recovery team when we launch so. uh, the balloon, and, and we need we need extra help to do all the things that we're going to be doing. Okay, so let's do this. Let me uh, let me uh, see if Hambot's awake. And Katie, um, you can uh, you can announce it uh, right after All this right. when you get ready. So here's Hambot. Yeah, if I don't win, I'm just going to have to buy me one. All right. Well, Hambot has said, let's give away a prize. So, uh, Katie, what did Hambot say? Oh, sorry. Where is Katie? Is Katie still working? You okay, I found it. All right. All right. George, Kilo Kilo 8, Juliet is our winner tonight. I'm looking at him in a chat room right there. KK8J, George, you just won. Congrat congratulations, George. Man. All right. Thank you, George. We'll get If your information's good on QRZ, we'll get that put together and sent out to you. And uh, I'll also double-check here on the uh, special discount code for anybody who's watching the show who might like to get their own call sign plaque. Or there's some really good gifty ideas in there also, such as a um, recipe box. It's handy. These are all laser-cut to order. So. And non-lighted versions. Of yeah, there's also, also, if you didn't want, like, the full desktop, he also makes these as a, like, a wall plaque, too. So... And they're just, they're building the business now with all kinds of different things that they offer. So just getting rolling. <laughs> but right. thank you to Joe for donating these items. You know, I got the and chat. I got the chat room open two places. One of them is going crazy, and one of them is not. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on here. That's funny. <laughs> Russ says, "Why is Dwayne bigger and Katie smaller? Because that's how it is." Cause he's like six because feet I tall am. and I'm five foot five. Yeah. Because I am bigger. Yeah. <laughs> he's my big old marine. <laughs> All right. Well, he he's he looks smaller now since he cut some of the hair off. Oh no, I he's got a ponytail. No, oh, nice oh, he got it back here. Hey, you you and Rich are, are oh man, y'all are taking after each other. Yeah. You know, what is this stuff you call hair? I know. <laughs> You're just jealous. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so if you would like to get something from uh, Alan Laser Creations, there is a code to get uh, a 15% off something. So if you just use um, WY7SS-15, that will get you something off, and there's no expiration date. Okay. What's that? So, oh, wait a minute. I'm guy. sorry. Actually, I have a better deal for you guys here on the Amateur Radio Just Roundtable. tell them you know Katie, and it'll be free. Yeah, it's actually... Uh, it will be free. If, no, but... <laughs> It, actually, I have a different call sign. Sorry about that. Um, if you use my call sign, WY7YL-20, you get 20% off. That's for the Amateur Radio Roundtable fans. All right. 20% so. off. That's good. That'd be, that's yeah. a good deal. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, hey, Alan, we're, uh, we're two minutes past our new show's um, next segment. But do um, you want to talk a few minutes uh, about... Well, we could bring it up during, uh, you know, when we bring everybody in on the on the new Zoom. Yeah, let's do that. Let's probably rather have it be a discussion. Bring the Zoom in, and we'll talk about that, and then maybe some of the people might ask questions about it. Sure. Yeah. So let's do this, okay, guys. Uh, again, 
If you want to join us on Zoom, send us an email to tom at w5kub.com right now because uh, we're going to uh, we're going to make sure you get that link in, and we're all going to change. So, Alan, Glenn, uh, Dave, and who am I missing? Katie. Uh, you're going to have to reconnect if you want to join the next part of the show. You're going to have to reconnect with that second um, okay. That Zoom. All right, I'll, okay. I'll pop out of here. See you back in a few minutes. All right. We'll be back in just a minute, guys. So don't, right. everybody, don't go away. We'll be right back here. <laughs> All right. Let's see what I can do here. This is the first time we've done this. Thanks, Dave. That was fun. Oh, yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> A lot of fun. And, and Dave, join us if you can or if you want to. Yep, yep. I uh, okay. just getting ready to pop over. Okay. I'm going to pop in for a few minutes. Kind of All right. We should be up on the other Zoom now. Uh, if you want to join us, send a note Tom at W5KUB, and uh, we will send you the link. And we've got Alan with us already. Hey, Alan, see if you can approve the next person. I think you've got admin or uh, monitor uh, privileges. See if you okay. can uh, see if you can uh, admit them to the room. Yeah, I'll see if uh, if I can, see anybody else coming see, in. I'll can, let you know. Can you? Uh, do you see anybody there? Two people. I are don't. Do you see I don't. Them? I just I just see our current participants. I don't see anybody waiting. Okay. okay. All right. All right. So, okay. Well, I'll do that. I'll do that. Well, we're gonna have a bunch in here. Let's see. You might be able to pass along privileges to me now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let me let me check and see. Let's see. I'm not sure how to even do it now. Uh, if you right click on my name, I think you might be able to do that. Um, man, we got so many people coming in here. Let's see. <laughs> see, I have to click more. Maybe what's more? Okay, more. Uh, more is. No. All right, all right. So let me just start adding people. It looks like um, that's not going to work for you. Let's see. So we got David. We got Jim in here. Yeah. Here comes Bill and Glenn. Which Bill was that? Oh, I just, oh, man, what a. Well, I think we got a couple Bills. We got a Bill Meyer. We got uh, WZ1L Bill. Hey, I just. I, I, I just muted myself. We got so many people come in. I was clicking so fast that <laughs> I muted myself. Let's see. Here's Freddie. i get Freddie in here. Hey, Bill. There's uh, Tim. Tim's in here. <laughs> uh, There's Freddie. I'll see. We got Hola, Freddy. Hey, who is that? Who is that speaking in Spanish? Who is that? I, I can't That's see Bill. you covered up. Uh, hang on. I, I don't know if I'm letting you get everybody in or not. Let's see. Hola. Uh, is everybody? Hola, Freddy. Let's see. I think we got everybody in here. Yeah, ¿Qué tal, dude? I think. I don't know if we got everybody. Oh, who is that? Who is that? Somebody ding. Hola. Waiting room. Estoy, uh, estoy bien, gracias. Muy bien. 
Yeah, we're gonna have to figure out a better way to get you guys some type of moderator deal where you can help me approve these guys. There's too many came in here at one time. Okay. Um, all right. All right. All right. There's Freddie. Hey, Freddie. I see the I see the stars behind you. Are you outside? Freddie, can you hear me, Freddie? Yes. I see stars behind you. Are you outside on a clear night? It's raining outside, Tom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Okay, well, let's see if any more come in. And in the meantime, I'm going to see something here, participants. I'm going to try something here. Just real quick. We're learning, guys. This is the first time we really did it at this level here. Uh, let me see. There's Alan. Right click doesn't do anything. Okay. Uh, a left click doesn't do anything. Um, all right. How many people did you expect to be in here this evening? Oh, I didn't know. I mean, I'd love to have 50 or more. I don't think there's that many, but... 437. Oh, you should you should see our remote test sessions. We, oh, yeah. we, we got three pages of this. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think he was asking about about Zoom. I mean, it was the chat room had 137, or video 137... Um, Katie, is that what no, you said? No, I, I was just being sarcastic, oh, oh, saying okay, we had 437 okay. people okay. Hey, Tom, come in tonight. <laughs> why don't you just go ahead and dump the uh, Zoom info in the chat for this? Because uh, oh, I have to monitor it. <laughs> They're asking for it. Get the non-hams in here. Okay. Uh, well, all right. One reason I did that was to try to keep a little control. That way, we at least have an email address from people. You let me and Katie and Dwayne in. What's what's this thing about control? <laughs> uh, that is a good point. All right. So let me ask you a question. No. How, how do I get how do I get no. the link over to a different computer with the uh, in a chat room? Do you know. do you want the do you want the link in chat? If you want, to, yeah. Well, you can, why don't you just copy it, uh, Bill, and put it in there? That's fine. And that way, we get, we'll, we'll try this. And uh, if we have some bad actors out there, we'll just we'll just yeah. kick them and kick them off. And then maybe we'll never let them back in. So yeah, I uh, think so. we may. Act, I just wanted to pop in to say hi to everybody and bye. But I'm actually running on my computer and it's pretty low on its battery here, and I'm not even sure where my power supply is after traveling last week. So. Um, I think I'll just sign out. We'll probably just watch from upstairs. But okay, good to see everybody. Yeah. Quick, yeah. quick question for oh. Alan. Oh. Yeah, Alan, have you read any of Craig Allenson's books? I have not. You oh, need add to them write, to your you list. You need to write that down. And, and okay. the Expeditionary Force is, is an excellent sci-fi series. Okay, well, Greg, Craig Allenson, you said. Allenson. A L A N S O N. Ah, uh, okay. I'm reading book twelve of the series right now. It came out today on Audible. We had it. We okay. were downloading it at like six oh five this morning. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Yeah, they're really good. We were talking be it kind of in between guys of um you know Alan read um, one of Andy Weir's new his newest book on vacation last week and I said oh I just started reading that and Dwayne's been reading it and hey um 
Hail Mary. What's the rest of the Hail Mary. Project Hail Mary. Project Hail Mary. Really, yeah. really good. So yes. if you like The Martian, if you like Andy Weir, so check him out. And then our other favorite sci-fi author is Craig Allenson. Did you Did you guys read the Artemis? I did, and I was not happy with that one. Yeah, I, I, that's what I heard too. So I didn't read it. I just heard some folks didn't really like it. But I guess he kind of came back to the the space and science theme with. Uh, well, you know, the the Artemis project takes place on the moon, but it's still he didn't have near the science in the background that he has in these, okay. the Martian and Hail Mary. So it was just just wasn't as good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, good. Yeah. So good. I won't waste. I won't waste my reading time with that. Not that I don't right. have much of it. <laughs> so. But you got to grab it while you can. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually it's vacation. I'll, I'll try to knock two or three books out, and then otherwise, it, if I'm not on a plane, I'm I don't get to read books. <laughs> yeah, but how much windshield time do you put in? Well, well, hopefully, starting in a couple of weeks, I'll get back on the road again. I'll be able to do. Let's do some uh, audio book listening. Yeah, that's what that's the way I do it because I do it at the shop. You know, when I'm working on other things, I listen to the books. Yeah, yeah. Cause I, I I normally do thirty thirty to forty thousand miles a year in the car for work, but uh, I have not I last put, year. I put a thousand miles on my car this year. That this past year. Wow. <laughs> okay, guys, the battery is blinking at us. So all right, sorry. Hi, everybody. Right. See you later. Yeah. Take care. righty. Bye. Bye. So, Glenn, where's Rodan? Is she hiding there behind you? No, right here. Yeah. Come here, you rascal. Yeah. <laughs> Put the on the desk. Oh, God. <laughs> Holy God. <laughs> there you go. There, there you the go. Monster. Hey, Rodan. Nice kitty. Nice kitty. <laughs> okay, so I don't think Bill, you want to get those Bill. claws in you there, Glenn. So uh, I need to get Godzilla in here. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll leave Godzilla in his bed out there, or uh, her bed out there. Go, let's go see if Tokyo can be destroyed. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, looks like we're getting some more people in here too. Good. Yeah, if you, uh, I, I posted it. Yeah, in I yeah, I, uh, in, yeah. I was there. I, I thought you needed a link here. I thought that, that that number was just maybe for audio, but it appears it's working. Work. You just type that number in. A, in a the number and the password. Once you open up the Zoom app, you can just uh, type okay. in a meeting number and a password okay. and jump in with that. Okay. That's the way I came in. Yeah. Yeah, the link has it all embedded, but if you don't have the link, just open up the Zoom app and put that, uh, that what is it, 12-digit uh, password or whatever it is. All right, well, I see a few people out there. But there's old, hey, I see old Mark Pupo, my buddy up there. And, there's Mark hey, P. Hey Mark, he's up there uh, near Dayton, I guess around Xenia or somewhere. Yeah, we, we, we met up with him. <laughs> he told me, he said, boy, I think a couple weekends, a ham, hamvention weekend, he said the weather was perfect out there, man. It was just perfect. Uh oh, is this Miss Godzilla? Oh, this, yeah, that's Godzilla. She knows. This is Godzilla. <laughs> She don't want to be in there. <laughs> All right, I need to see. That's twenty-two that. pounds of pure muscle. Mm -hmm. That's right. I got a fifty-five-pound lap dog. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but do you, do you understand, Alan? These uh, cats, okay? Yeah. Glenn goes to bed, and one lays on its chest, and the other one lays on its feet. 
And you're getting up. <laughs> no, I'm not getting up. When I had heart surgery two years ago, Godzilla wanted to be here. I had to come up with a box that protected my chest and should sleep on top of the box. Yeah, oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Oh, we're getting a few extras right. in here. Yeah. Oh, well, this is good. So, so Alan, you were going to talk a little tonight about well, yeah, how, how well, to get an I, antenna up in a tree, I think. Yeah, well, I just got back. Like I said, I just got back from vacation. Uh, if they were on last week, you saw I was at uh, a rented uh, beach house uh, down on uh, the Jersey Shore. And uh, when I go portable operating, it's usually just a couple of times a year. It's usually when we go and... Uh, uh, go away on vacation if we rent a beach house or something like that. I'll, I'll bring some radios. And then, uh, um, you know, field day. I'll do a little solo operation and operate out in the field. Or every once in a while, I'll get a chance to go out into the woods and do something. And usually the biggest challenge is what to do for a good, effective antenna. And uh, and then also how to, how to get that antenna in the air. And um, so... I've, I've kind of come up with just two or three things that I use, and I'd like to be interested to hear what other folks have done. So my main antenna that I use when I operate portable is a, a shortened uh, N-fed half-wave tri-bander. It used to be made by Par Electronics. It's now sold by Vibroplex. But it's only about you know, 40, 45 feet long, uh, very lightweight. Uh, and being an N-fed, it doesn't need much of a counterpoise. And uh, depending on where I am, uh, this this past week, we were at a, um, uh, a house that was on the bay off of one of the islands off the coast of New Jersey, and the house was literally on the bay. And I was oper- I was tied the en- one end of the antenna off uh, on the railing of the second floor deck or you know, patio or deck, and then ran it down to a, a rope that was on a. Uh, I'm familiar with a term called a mooring whip. These are the big fiberglass poles that are off the edge of a dock, uh, typically on a lake or a bay or something, that are used to kind of pull a boat away from the dock. So you have some spring lines to hold the boat in, and then these uh, kind of spring rods called mooring whips to pull the other way. But it's a nice springy type of fiberglass pole, and that put a nice tension on the antenna, and that worked well. So that was the first time at this house. That was the first time I used that system, but it worked really well. Um, the other thing I'll do um, sometimes is I'll, I'll bring some of those uh, fiberglass, you know, four-foot fiberglass poles you see at all the ham fest that just telescope together. I've got uh, five or six of them that I'll bring and, and create a portable mass that I'll, you know, clamp onto something and have one end of the antenna up on that. So that's another way of getting one end of the end-fed wire up in the air. And then the other thing I'll do uh, is if I want to put it up in a tree, if I'm going out to the woods, uh, I don't have a slingshot. Um, as you, you may or not know that slingshots are actually illegal in the state of New Jersey. You get caught with one, you can get fined to have it. So I, I don't have a slingshot. But what I do use is uh, an old arborist tool. Um, you can see this is uh, just called throw line. And it's a very slick line. I just have it wrapped in like a V8 pattern on a, a set of little little rods here. So it's very easy to deploy and pull off. And you get like a, it's like a canvas bag filled with like lead shot or something like that. This happens to be a 16 inch bag. And you tie this off to the end of the line and uh, watch a couple of videos on YouTube for how to, how to kind of swing this thing appropriately to get it up in the air. And you practice with it, you can get a line, a good 40, 50 feet up in the air and find a good notch in a tree. And this bag is heavy enough that even if the tree's wet or whatever, this will find its way back to the, down to the ground. 
And then you could either you know tie your antenna off to that end or just put another loop in the line and pull some more line through to kind of put it up in the in the tree for the couple of days or hours or whatever you're going to be operating so um so those are the things that i've used here um and i you know, i'm just and i've also have one of those little uh portable you might have seen it's called a super antenna an mp1 super antenna it looks like a screwdriver style antenna but just just got a coil that you can adjust manually with a whip on the top and i've used that in areas where i can put that kind of close to the ground or lay some radials out uh, i've also used that clamp to the bed of my pickup truck and use the pickup truck as the counterpoise um and uh, and that works pretty well as long as you don't have a lot of wind or something like that because i put a a 12-foot whip on the top of the thing so um so those are the antennas that i've used portable with pretty good success and i kind of like the the n-fed wire it, it works remarkably well uh so at least for for you know what i've operated so again i'd be curious to hear what other folks have used i see um in the chat room, David uh, mentioned that he's got an arborist bag with the lead and the rope. Uh, that's basically what this is, except I don't have the bag. I just made this little rig to kind of wind it all up. And when I go to use it, I just pull it out and lay it on the ground, you know, so that it doesn't tangle when I throw it. But I don't, you know, the, the arborists actually have typically a, a little bag that can open up like a canvas bag. And the rope is kind of laid in there in such a way that it, it you know, pays out uh, cleanly without tangling. So, uh but it, it all works pretty well, and uh, like I said, if anybody else has operated, uh, you know, portable, I'd be interested to hear what what you guys use. Well, you know, I've got a lot of experience to um, put antennas up in the trees here around the house because I have so many, so many trees here, and yeah. uh, they're great for putting up antennas. Hundred twenty feet tall, nice big trees. They're not so nice when they fall on the house, but no, no. Anyway, uh, well, we're about to get all that fixed. But right. uh, I've used, I, and, and I've watched the tree guys with that with that weight, and uh, like just like you showed, they are really good with that. They can move that thing back and forth and put it over a limb way up there. Yeah. Uh, so, but I I've never really been able to do that, or I guess I don't have one of them. I hadn't tried it. So, uh, I use a slingshot most of the time, uh, yeah. and. Um, it's very accurate. I, I, you know, a Walmart slingshot with a surgical tubing on it, uh, put a weight in there and uh, have your efficient reel hooked to it. And uh, you can um, pretty much um, kind of, <laughs> I think my mouse is dirty, I'm trying to approve this person here. Uh, you, you know, with the slingshot, you can pretty much hit an area, you know, uh, four or five inch diameter up there. It's really uh, easy to do. And uh, I don't know why I can't approve these people. I got two people there uh, want to be approved. And I can't view them. We'll figure well, that out like, in a minute. Yeah, Bill wanted to say out. something there too. So I use a slingshot. It's really good. You shoot that very, very light fishing line and it's easy to do 100 feet with one of those. Yeah, uh, I, yeah when I've done yeah. that, um, I, I, a couple of times I've broken the line and the, the weight just goes sailing off. And yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. that can happen. Uh, and, uh, of course, I'll build an air, a pneumatic air uh, cannon where I'll put maybe, you know, 60 pounds of air in it. And uh, i got a little projectile that goes down a barrel. Yeah, and you yeah I've got a friend that built one of those kind of potato cannon it, type things. Yeah, you know? it goes pretty high. It'll do 150 feet easy. Yeah. Uh, I tried one time, and I have a friend that's somewhere still in the area. Uh, my buddy Sam, K5BBF, 
he came over to my house many years ago and brought a crossbow over and uh, we were going to put a string over a tree with a crossbow but I think that crossbow I think the arrow went about four miles we never saw it after we never saw it after he, he shot it you know the line didn't go very far but the, we, the arrow was probably in a cow in a pasture behind my house probably a couple miles back I don't know man so I don't suggest using a crossbow yeah well I've used this throwback I used it for here to put my antenna up here at home as well because like I said I'm in suburbia you know, I'm in a, a, you know, a small quarter-acre lot. I got my neighbor's houses all around. So even uh, doing the fishing line with a weight you know, and a, and a slingshot here is a little dangerous because if it does let loose, it's going to go through somebody's window because the houses are all you – know, I got houses behind me, yeah. houses on the side yeah. of me. You know, th this thing, at least, you, know, you can kind of control where it's going to go because you can see it and grab it and oh, that yeah. type of thing. So. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that, that's a good way to get, it, get that antenna up there. Um, and uh you know uh i many years ago i had a beam up i had a tower up and i had a bunch of beams up i had all kinds of answers birds could not fly through my yard because of all the guy wires and the tv antennas and the rotors and the dishes and the tribanders and the ringos and the two meter antennas and the 440 they couldn't fly through my yard but you know in the winter time I always felt like a tower was going to come down. I could hear the, you know, when the wind's blowing, you hear that clang, 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 clang. Something's going on up there, you know. Anyway, I, I got rid of my tower. I finally gave it away. Gave my tower away. And I've got all uh, wire antennas. And uh, I've been very happy with wire antennas. I do a lot of uh, building and experimenting with wire antennas. And um, uh, they're just a lot of fun. And if you don't have that tower or beam to compare it with your wire antenna you don't you really don't know the difference uh there so you know you can be a ham without a tower and without a beam yeah uh, i've never had a tower i've never had a beam yeah so uh you know, to, so, so to some extent i don't know what i'm missing you know to me the, right, the dipoles right. that i typically run the end feds that i run work really well but i don't have anything to compare them against so that's probably a good thing right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, we're getting quite a few people in here now. Uh, not sure how many we got there, but uh, hey, anybody else in, in you know out there with your experience, uh, you know, putting antennas up, portable operation? Jump in here, yell at us. You go ahead, Bill. I have this MFJ. What is it? A, a 1982 MP. It's a half wave, 82, 10 meters, 300 watts. It's an NFED. I've had, I have four of them, believe it or not. Okay. And um, I have a regular Alpha Delta 8210. I have one of those, and I have a smaller version of that that does uh, 40, 20, 15, and 10, I think. Um, I have trees out here, okay? And I just run them through, through the... The, the branch, the, the, the V's there and, yep. you know, to various areas. I mean, I have an L. I have an X. <laughs> yeah, uh, the secret the secret is, Bill, just get some wire in the air. I, I wouldn't worry about the shape. Just get the well, wire I, in the air. I've been thinking about that, uh, going over to Walmart and buying one of those um, tanks there with helium and put four or five balloons on it and just 
let it go up, you know? <laughs> now that MFJ with the 300 watt NFED, how big is the, the matchbox physically? I couldn't really tell from when you were holding it up there. Well, how big you, is the, why, uh, don't you, why don't you pin my screen and you can see. Oh, okay. yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, uh, Martin Martin Jew says you do not have to run a counterpoise on this, okay? Yeah. And so, I mean, uh, my shack is on the second floor of my house. Yeah, okay? so am I. On the, on, on the back, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's where all the trees are out back. Mm -hmm. And this lady cut this lady caught me out there with a ladder. I was up there and I was trying to push it up to to another another branch. And she goes, "What are you doing?" I said. Oh, I said, I'm trying to check on the squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't want to get the neighbors. Uh, you know, the, you know, Bill, the, the thing is, in my neighborhood, all my, you know, I, I've got all these big trees all around the house. All yeah, my antennas do. in the backyard. You, you don't see the antennas from out front, the street. You, you just don't see the antennas. They're almost invisible. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can see you mine. loops out there, though, there, Tom. They're what? You have loops, the, the the loop antennas. Oh, I've got I've got delta loops. I've got I've got a hundred seventy two foot extended double zip. I've got verticals. I've got uh, uh, fan dipole inverted V's. Uh, but you know you just don't see those antennas from the street. Now, if I look out my back window, I can see the feed lines coming down. But you know they just blend into the trees very well. Wow. Yeah. The only time the only time people see my antennas is if it snows, and the in the snows. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. the snow crowd. Lady says, "What? Why is that over there?" I says, "Gee, I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why is that straight line across? Why, how's that tree so straight there? You know, we don't have that problem down here. Well, maybe a little no, ice sometimes. Don't have that problem. <laughs> maybe a little That's ice. That's funny. Sometimes. Before when before I uh, my wife and I got married and we were we were dating. She lived in a condo, in a second floor condo, and uh, her her back deck opened up to a couple of trees. So I brought over this same NFED wire antenna, and I had I just thrown the wire out into a tree, you know, kind of across, you know, probably went 30 feet across the yard, you know, a good 30 feet up off the ground mm -hmm. into a tree. And I was I was using it for about a month or so, and then she got a notice from the the condo association asking her to remove the string that is going from her her uh, string. Her, yeah. The string from her her railing to the tree, so I had to pull the antenna down. But uh, but I, I got away with it for a month until they noticed it. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got so much metal in the air here; it's scary. I've got a six meter beam. I've got the tri band beam. I've got the the dual satellite uh, quads, and uh, gosh, oh the uh, the MFJ uh, cobweb mm. and. Uh, a twenty forty dipole. Yeah, you got a lot in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you have that all in your backyard there? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Wow. And I've got a small backyard. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I just have I got the, the classic nineteen thirties, you know, all bend doublet, hundred and thirty foot fed with ladder line down right down here into the shack and it kind of and it, it's it's fallen three times with uh, the, the the winter weather we've had here. Mm -hmm. So currently, it's going from over my garage in the back the backyard, actually tied off of my neighbor's tree. It comes up towards the house and then has a, a support that runs from there, a support line that runs actually into my attic, 
and then from there goes off at another angle into a pine tree, then turns a corner and comes down between my house and my neighbor's house, tied off to another tree. So it's kind of like a zigzag thing. Yep. But that's that's all the supports I have here. I just don't have the, the trees here in suburbia. So and, 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 I, and I bet you made contacts on it and it works fine. Oh, yeah. yeah. I said it works. So and and as I said, Martin's right uh, on the NFED. You don't generally need a counterpoise for the NFEDs because it is a high impedance feed point, right? And with a high impedance feed point, the counterpoise would be high impedance also, which means it would be pretty short, right? And yeah. for the most part, oftentimes the just the shield of the coax becomes the comes the counterpoise. And the only thing you may need sometimes, depending on how much power you run, is a, a common mode choke. You know, to kind of keep RF from coming all the way back into the shack. But otherwise, uh, I've had really good luck with uh, with NFEDs. I like them. Yeah. Well, let's see. Who, who else we got out here in the room? Let me take a look and see who I recognize out there. Um, well, so everybody's a new face to me, so it's good to see, see. you. <laughs> let's see. I, you know, this call caught my eye earlier. WB5B. Uh, hello. Yep, I'm here. Hello, uh, wh where are you? Um, deep South Texas, which is um, five miles from the Mexican border oh, wow. and, and about 20 miles from the Gulf of Mexico. Okay, well, cool. I, I guess our signal's coming in pretty strong down here tonight, right? Um, oh, on, yes, it's on, sliding right down here. On Zoom. Okay, well, very good, man. Hey, we're glad to have you there, man. I, I, I didn't recognize the call there, and uh, uh, I don't know how long you've uh, been uh, following the show here, but welcome and uh, glad to have you. Oh, yeah, I've been listening for quite a while. Okay, let's see who else. Uh, I'll see you. Uh, Wait, uh, uh, hey, uh uh wb5b yes. you were a one if i remember correctly yeah i was a w1 uh original issue w1 um in the uh 60s whereabouts were you at that time N new hampshire uh manchester yeah okay all right I, I i thought i recognized the call that's why i was uh you know i ha heard nisi uh, asking you uh, if you were around, so uh, I, yeah. I <laughs> all right. Thank you. Uh, hey, I, I hey, I see an. I think it, is this right? Is there an Ooper in there? Ooper, Uper, Ooper. Come on, help me here. Ooper, Ooper, yeah, Ooper. I'm here. Ooper. Hi. Uh, uh, what are you? Wait a minute. Yeah. You are there? You what are you? A Ooper. Uper. Uh, we got a Ooper. Yeah. We got well, a Ooper. There he is. I didn't see Mike. We got a, we got the yeah. Uper in here, and Mike is a Mike is a prize winner, man. He's won some prizes here on the show. <laughs> Except yeah. I am not in Michigan in the Upper Peninsula right now. I'm actually in North Dakota in Grand Forks right now. Oh man! Well, probably just as cold there, isn't isn't it? You get a lot of snow over there. <laughs> well, not today. Not today. Not today. Okay. Well, I see. Yeah. Uh, I see my buddy there. Let's see. I see who else. Let's see. Well, wait a minute. I see. Uh, I see Tim there. Hey Tim, how you doing here? W B eight eight R O Ham Radio Outlet. He's had that call for many many years. Hello Tim, how are you doing up there? Oh, I'm doing really good. I'm running the comment that I'm running a hundred thirty foot line wire that was made by my antenna. And on 
I got a hundred and thirty foot of color for counterpoint, which I had the maintenance department put on the roof. And it helps a lot, because believe it or not, that counterpoint does radiate. Well, I, I tell you, you're you're really lucky up there. Tim is uh, in a uh, assisted home up there, and he somehow has bribed all the maintenance people up there. And they've actually, he's got a ham station in his room, and they actually put in some antennas outside, man. I don't know how you pulled that off, Tim. Uh, I guess they like you, right? Oh, they must. And I, I raised his newsletter. And I teach the maintenance department more than anybody. And they're a good group, and they really, really help me a lot. And the nursing home had to get uh, permits for my long wire from the township and from the fire department. And they really went. Well, all right. Well, I know that uh, I know you're uh, you're active on ham radio up there. And hey, Tim checks in our forty meter net. I I, uh, I hear him usually uh, most Tuesdays there. And uh, and I don't try escaping up there, Tim. I, I read somewhere on on the internet, and I saw this. I, it's not true, but it, some so a couple escaped from a home by. Watch or hear lit by Morse code. The people on the keypad, uh, they they escaped. Now I don't think you have that problem, but but uh, don't try to escape up here. But and again, that was a false story because those keypads don't send Morse code. But uh, the people that wrote the story didn't know the difference there. I, I guess. Uh, Freddie, how you doing, Freddie? Freddie Diaz. I'm doing well, Tom. Thank you. Uh, a lot yeah. of work. And uh, I get so tired that I don't have any time to do anything else but to go to bed and then wake oh, up and man, go to I the office. To, I hate to hear that because I count on Freddie to do a lot for me. And Freddie uh, has been going to Dayton with us a number of years and has assisted in the, the buildup of everything and also um, the networking and computer systems. And Freddie's call is YV5QF, YV5QF. And uh, Freddie, I don't know if we need to get that changed. Freddie's a U.S. citizen now, and and I, I don't, I don't know if you can operate. You know, there's a reciprocal agreement. I think. I don't know if you can operate in the U.S. with YV5QF, or if you've got to get a, a U.S. license. I just don't know how that works, Freddie. Yeah, well, we will see. Let's see. We need Let's to get you, We need to get you licensed, Freddie. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, let's see here. Yeah, I see Richard uh, in the chat room uh, mentioned he's got an NFED uh, in the backyard as an inverted L. And uh, nobody sees the wire, but they do see the 12-meter mast that holds the vertical leg. Oh, ah, so okay. I can see that. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I don't have a place where I can put even something like that up with my, my backyard is maybe 50 feet by 50 feet. So it's uh, I'm lucky that my neighbor next door doesn't mind me putting one end of the, the, uh, the antenna in the tree that kind of hangs over my garage that's in the backyard. So... But, uh, well, you know, my uh, my lot is only about, I've got an acre, my lot's about 150 feet wide, but my, my extended double zip is 172 feet long. 
So I get this great big tree in my yard, and this limb, this limb must be 24 inches in diameter, but it goes over my neighbor's yard. So I shot me a line over it out there and pulled it back over to my tree. So I go, I kind of go over to my neighbor's yard, and it, I let it hang a little bit. You know, it hangs about 10 feet on the end there. Um, but, you know, it works okay. Yeah. Yeah, the problem I had the last time that my antenna came down it was because the squirrels had cut through the rope that I had was was that was anchoring it in the tree over the garage. Yeah. So the antenna came down, but it was only hanging over the backyard. So I went to pull it down so I could rehang it, and the end insulator that uh, connects the the support rope to the wire is a, a double piece of plexiglass that I made 20 years ago. But it's big enough that it itself wrapped around and caught on a branch. And I can't get it down. It's stuck. I pulled on it real hard, hard. I didn't want to break the wire. So now that, so it's, it's basically being self-supported by the branch up there now. But it well, made the whole feed point come closer to the house. So that's why it's kind of hanging in this weird configuration. But until the branch breaks and it comes down, that's just the way it's going to be for a while. Well, I, I use that special uh, uh, antenna hanging rope. I don't know what it's called. But you know what? I, I have some. It's been, once I pull it up, you know, pull my antenna up, I've got maybe 100 feet on the ground and uh, I've left it on the ground out there in the rain and the grass and uh, you know this stuff doesn't rot it's as strong today as it was five years ago now the problem I do run into is I don't go out there and move the rope enough and it will eventually grow into the tree and when it happens yep. uh, you know it doesn't want to move you know yeah 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 I've got the one end the one end of the antenna the wire that's going through the pine tree next to the house over here that kind of goes in and turns a corner and I can I can still pull it because it's the insulated wire but I'd never be able to get it out again so once uh, once something breaks I'm just gonna have to cut wherever I can reach and hang something new <laughs> so yeah hey we got a person in the uh, uh, room here uh, Mark Duffy and Mark says hello he's a beginner radio guy he purchased an SDR uh, receiver with an indoor dipole now looking into an outdoor antenna purchase and placement, can anyone recommend a good, small, general-purpose antenna? Well, I would say it's based on what frequencies really you want to use the SDR. I don't know if you're looking for VHF stuff, you know, aircraft, police, that kind of stuff, or are you wanting to listen to shortwave, or are you wanting to listen to hams down in the HF bands? Yeah. I, I wouldn't go out and buy an antenna. I mean, uh, hams are pretty cheap, and... Uh, hams like to build a lot of their own stuff, so uh, an antenna for that SDR could be as simple as just a straight piece of wire. Get you a piece of wire that's 20 feet, 40 feet, 50 feet long, stretch it out your window, and bring it in and just plug it into that antenna connector, and you will receive really decent uh, HF signals uh, there. Now, if you want to do VHF, that's a little bit of a different story. We can talk a little about that. But uh, Even something like a scanner is going yeah, in. Yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. So, Mark, what, what are you, you wanting to, are you, what frequency ranges are you looking at HF? Or are you looking at VHF, UHF? Uh, the, the SDRs go really, you know, really broadbanded. Yeah, yeah. Put put it in the chat there. What you're looking for, and like I said, uh, wire in the air, like we've been talking about. Uh, even if it's ugly, <laughs> it works. Yeah. A, works and, a whole and, lot and better. You know than what? You can you can antennas. you can use you can use such small wire that you won't see it. 
And, you know, don't worry about it stretching. You know, I mean, I, I've never worried about wire stretching in all my life. You know, I get on some of these new ham groups and, oh, you got to use the steel-clad wire or it'll stretch. Well, you know, and, and most of the guys are doing that. They're buying themselves a tuner. And if you're going to put a tuner on it, who cares if it stretches a couple inches, right? You're going to use the tuner anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah, my, so, my 130 foot dipole is not yeah, resident so anywhere. I've never worried <laughs> about wire stretching. So, but man, you can use some really, really small wire that's, that's really pretty much invisible, man. Stretch that stuff out. And hey, even if you even use black wire. Yeah, and and even if you don't don't want to stretch it out to a tree, put it on the eave of the house and just staple it down, you know, 30 or 40 feet down the end of the house. Just get you about 30 or 40 feet of wire on there, and and you'll receive. Yeah, but the receiver I've got down in my uh, in my home office is uh, just a short wire that runs out, and I've got a. Uh, a sheet metal screw into the gutter on the side of the house so the, the so the gutter is my antenna so yeah a lot of people use gutters and if you have a gutter for your antenna go out there and tap on that gutter and just run the wire inside and hook it to your your antenna connector and you will pick up signals uh i, I promise we're getting close to the end of the, we're getting close to the end of our show here what was that uh uh mike mike yeah my my whole yard is nothing but dipole antennas i've i've done away with the big tri-bander and everything i've gotten too old to climb up there now but yeah i even got i got a 35 foot wooden pole which i got pulleys on in which i have a 75 meter double bazooka coming down a 40 double bazooka coming down a six meter double bazooka i do have a homemade uh 160 which i there these are all in v formations uh inverted v mm-hmm. and uh then i've got a cobweb up or uh 10 through 20 on and the yeah, Mike, for, on for your inverted V's, uh, how 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 tight is the angle what's what's the included angle on them are they relatively flat or are they kind of really steep uh probably in a 45 degree okay uh i i wish i i don't have the I, trees but not in a line where i can put them horizontal i'd love yeah. to put, all my ends come down to poles i got in the ground which are probably eight feet out of the out of the ground tight off so I could cut the lawn and walk under the wires. But okay. I, I wish I could get the ends up horizontal, but yeah, yeah. the lot's not big enough. So inverted V's. Duh. Yeah, well you got, you I got just more got omnidirectional coverage that way too, so that's good. And mm-hmm. I cheated. I, I did the purchase way. I've made many attempts. <laughs> Everything I've got in my yard, I'll, I'll, I'll put a plug in yeah. for uh, radio because every one of my double bazookas I purchased and my mm-hmm. cobweb is the scout uh, from uh, Radio Wave. And that's, okay. And it gets me on just as just as fine as when I used to have the tribander up. Sure. I've got Welcome. I've got a forty meter double bazooka right here. Oh look at that. I'm thinking yeah. about putting that up somehow. I've got forty meter antennas, but I'm thinking about maybe putting this as a sloper and maybe aiming it where I have uh, you know more uh, signal in a certain direction. So how, how long is that, Tom? Uh, what was that? Uh, How long is that antenna? This uh, this uh, the forty meter double bazooka requires sixty five foot five inches. Okay. Yeah, and the one nice thing right. about the, one nice thing about the double bazookas they're broad banded, so yeah, with a tuner. Yeah. You know, yeah. my seventy five, I I go all the way down to 36, <coughs> 73 to thirty nine ninety eighty five. Right. Yeah, our friend uh, our friend Emmett that sent looks- this to me. That's and, what I. Uh, that's what I've got up. That exact. 
40 meter. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so WV5B was holding up a sign there uh, near SpaceX. I mean, that was, was that where you're located there? Yeah, that's right. Uh, oh, okay. I forgot to mention that when we were, uh, were talking there. Uh, it's about a 30-mile ride for me to go right to the door of where SpaceX is. And that particular road that they're on uh, goes out to the Gulf and... Uh, the beaches there for five or six miles either way are completely deserted except for uh, fishermen uh, mm. quite a quite right. a thing to see is that where they've been doing uh, what's the name of that that starship that where they've been landing you know taking off and then kind of belly flopping it down and landing it vertically is that where that's happening uh that's right and uh, also out in the gulf uh he purchased two um oil rigs uh you know uh, the platforms yeah and uh, they're going to uh they're going to use those as uh uh the uh launches for their uh, mars trips <clears throat> and they're they're he's claiming now that within a year he'll be able to transport you from china to new york city in less than 30 minutes oh wow <laughs> Well, that be that would be interesting, but I don't think I would do that. <laughs> hey guys, let me hey, just real quick. Let me make a quick uh, announcement here. Everybody, don't go away. We'll just continue our uh, our gathering here. Hey, uh, thanks for everybody for listening tonight on uh, International Shore Wave on WBCQ out of Monticello, Maine, on seventy four ninety. Uh, glad to have you on Shore Wave, and uh, shoot us an email to Tom at W five K U B. Dot com. Let us know where you are. And uh, this show has been about ham radio. We're talking about all aspects of ham radio. And uh, please uh, please join us. If you uh, have internet, you can go to youtube.com slash W5KUB. Thank you. And good night to everybody out there on the radio. All right. Hey, Tom, you know, I, yeah. you know, I like this format, uh, having some kind of a program up front uh, where we yeah. you know, bring on guests and things like that and then opening up for a group. I think this is this is going to work well doing this. Yeah, I, 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 I'm starting to see that it, it looks interesting. And, uh, you know, we can... Um, I think yeah, we, it, asked, so we asked them to bring back Hangouts. And yeah, this, yeah. Is a, this is an equivalent of Hangouts where yeah. any subject is, is, is uh, uh, available... Sure. And, uh, you know, uh, like like right now, I have been doing remote testing since last April, I guess it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have participated in 116 sessions wow. where we have had anywhere between uh, 10 and 146 candidates at a test session. At a time? Oh, my God. We, we do it remotely with, yeah. with, with uh, Zoom and a backside program of hamstudy.org, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, I've got numerous trinkets. I have a mug. I have a hat. And I got this for my hundred session. It's a, it's a mouse pad. Nice. So, um, you know, and I didn't ask for it. I mean, they sent it to me, so I said, "Well, hey, I mean, uh, they're they're thankful that I'm uh, participating." And uh, remote test sessions are still going on, and uh, 
hopefully, uh, when things start opening up, we'll be back to in person. Yeah, we used to have some real good conversations back with the the hangout with, when Doc was in there and what you uh, over yeah, in the East Coast. Yeah, we would, we would get a little wild when Doc and everybody's in there. We were uh, we, we would drill him. On, we're all getting so old. We would drill him on medical questions. You know, and probably. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, we don't need to be talking about colonoscopies and stuff here on uh, on our show, I guess. Uh, although, although that was a lot of fun, actually. Hey, Tom, I'm going to have to run. Five o'clock comes pretty early. Well, All right, Glenn. Good night, Glenn. Good night, Glenn. Right, we'll, see we'll see you Take later. Care, Glenn. Good night. There's a couple people saying they're trying to get in on Zoom, but I don't see any. I can't tell that anybody is waiting. Let me look. Uh, participants. I don't oh, see, hey, Andy, I didn't see you hiding down there. I don't see anybody waiting. <laughs> so we'll just, hey, uh, you know, okay, so the show basically is over. The the But the gathering can continue, you know? Yeah, well, I'm almost done here. The, the, it can continue. And, and as Bill was mentioning, you know, uh, years ago after the show, we used to have a hangout where people would come into the show and we'd all just have a little group chat like this but uh uh so i thought we'd try it again with zoom and see how it works uh you know i could open the phone lines uh in addition to and i should have done that uh i didn't think to do it but again we can take 1,000 simultaneous phone calls i haven't got more than about three at the yeah, moment. I think this is good. I mean, it might be fun to even to run the tech tips like this. If people have questions and things yeah, like that. Yeah, tech yeah. Tech tips thing this Or way. even even after tech tips, even after tech tips. I mean, uh, people here that watch the show can ask questions and you know talk about those things. You know. Yeah. So yeah, right. I think it's uh, a lot here, of. Gonna, I think I'm going to take off too. I got okay. another full day of work tomorrow. Yep. It's after eleven here, so. And you're on the East Coast, so it's good right there. So yep. good night, Alan. Thanks. Good night, Alan. Good night. night. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next week. Now, Tom, that was me trying to get in earlier on the the Zoom. I didn't know you guys were on Zoom yet, so here I am. Well, hey, that was Andy, right? Andy. Yeah, okay. All right, Andy. Uh, Yeah, I I keep seeing some people saying they're they're in the waiting room or something, but I, I... when I go over here and look, I don't see them. So yeah, that was that was me probably saying, "Well, I'm waiting for the host to join me, you know, or to let me join and stuff." But that was about it. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, where are you Puerto located? Rico. Where are you located? Back in Puerto Rico, and I'm here now. Where, where are you? I said I'm in Florida right now, but I was over in Puerto Rico. Oh, okay, okay, cool, cool. We're okay, down in Puerto Rico. Well, I want to call in a night too, guys. I'm uh, night, Mike. Nor- nor- normally, later, I'm. Okay, normally I'm home in Michigan and Marquette in the UP, but right now I'm in Grand Forks, North Dakota, at our daughter's house for our granddaughter's high school graduation going on. So I suppose I better get back in with the family here. Yeah, so. yeah you better. You better. All, All right. right. Well, so until we'll, next week. I mean, Mike, we'll good see to see you. Good to see you, Mike, and uh, we'll uh, see you later. Okay, 73, guys. All right. So let's, hey, jump back over to Dave here. Dave, our balloon man. Dave, uh, I think this is your first time to join the show, man. Uh, we really uh, enjoyed having you tonight. Hope you come back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I was, uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it was interesting to let, or, uh, look at uh, Alan's way of you know, throwing lines into the tree. That's the exact same way that we try to get balloons out of a tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, uh, a couple of our Pico balloons were rescued from in Poland, let's see, by the Polish Rodeo Club. I don't think I have a picture here. Yeah, I do. Here's a picture. What are, I don't know how they got it down, uh, I, but uh, there's one of our little tractors. That, that's the Polish <laughs> crew there last year. This thing was about 80 feet up in the air. I think they, I, I think they shot it down with a slingshot or something. I don't know how they did that. <laughs> but uh, that was kind of uh, interesting. Uh, and we did a zero-pressure balloon uh, about a month ago and flew it overnight, and we crashed it uh, in um, right out of uh, Charleston, uh, South Carolina. It's still up in a tree. We, uh, we had a, a ham friend, uh, James Lee. That was driving uh, through that part of the country, and he said, "I want to go look for it." And uh, we had good APRS on it, and we we got him within about a half a mile of it, and he saw it, and uh, it was hanging in a tree uh, uh, over the swamp, over the alligators, over the snakes, up pretty high. So we we left it there. Yeah, it can be. Uh uh, disappointing that my guess is you know when you do yours and all that uh, being able to find it will be one thing but getting it out of the trees will be something most of uh, most of our flights have gone down either most of them have gone down in the ocean mm. uh, and uh, in fact this is our very first flight it, it made it to Japan right there that was our very first flight no. <laughs> um, wow. we went 14,000 miles in 14 days and then we hit a storm in, um, in right off the east coast of Japan, it didn't make it. And that was just a simple 36-inch uh, Mylar party balloon. It carried that tracker 14,000 miles, man. Wow. So uh, you know, uh, but most of ours go down uh, in uh, like the desert. Uh, we had a number go down in western China. Uh, a lot of them go down in the ocean. We lost a number of them in the ocean. So. Yeah, my uh, my usually my biggest concern is is winding up in uh, in Lake Erie, and I don't have a, yeah. a navy to go out there and try to get it. Yeah, get it. yeah, and that that's a pretty big lake too. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, that, that could <laughs> but be dangerous. still a lot of fun. That could be dangerous, I guess, if you uh, go out there in a small boat, man. I mean, that's a pretty big <laughs> lake. All right. Let's see. Who we, who else we got here? Let's see. Has uh, has anybody tried uh, the new uh, Echolink CQ uh, function? No. Yeah. I am. Lots and lots it? and lots of fun. It's uh, well put together. It's uh, you just uh, download the newest version of uh, Echolink, and you know there's maybe six thousand people there, yeah. but it puts you into a uh, uh, with the CQ function. You get put into a room. Where other amateurs uh, want to uh, want to talk, and I've had uh, okay. two and three hour uh, QSOs uh, to um, uh, Japan and uh, Taiwan and uh, uh, South Africa and all kinds of places. Uh, really, uh, uh, you know, a, a real good QSO. You know, when it yeah. anything over a half hour is a good QSO. We have an Echolink node number. It's been a long time since we've used it. Uh, I had it linked to uh, some repeaters that I had. 
Um, yeah. I might it, need exactly. to bring it back out and see what it's like. Uh, we also have DMR now. I bought, I, I bought this, uh, this uh, it's an IP radio, no antenna on it, but it'll, it does DMR, D-Star, and Fusion all in the same little box. It looks like a radio. It's got a speaker on it and a microphone. But it hooks, oh, that's it, one of those DV Mega Cast, right? It's a DV Mega Cast. I've got, you know, I got that. And I, I made about one contact on it. We have this show has our own. Uh, we have our own uh, talk group three one six nine three, I think. But there's no activity on it. I wish we could get some people to really just start using it three one six nine three on DMR. Yeah, I lost all this hair just trying to figure out a cold plug, so I'm well, still working. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's that's something else, Andy, trying to figure out how to run one of those. <laughs> well, well I'm, I'm halfway there. I got it talking to my I got it talking to my hotspot, uh, dualplex hotspot. Uh, I got it doing that, and I can, I can hit a couple of rooms with it and stuff, but for some reason it drops connection after about maybe five minutes, the connection drops. And I don't know if that's a promise on a uh, problem with uh, my configuration on Brandmeister or what, or the radio. I don't know, but we're on Brandmeister 31693. And, yeah, I've uh, got you in there. Oh, do you? Okay. And, yeah. uh, you know, we really ought to start trying to use that. And I don't know anything about code plugs and stuff now. We have a friend that um, hopefully he'll be back on some with us, uh, 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 Jason from uh, Ham Radio 2.0, and he's pretty good with uh, all that stuff with code plugs and stuff and he can explain it and tell us and help us we'll get him back on here and uh, yeah. Tom when you get down to uh, Huntsville all right yeah. you, you you go over those people there um, what's that radio store down there I'm trying to think there's a guru there that knows all about code plugs yeah because like, uh, he, he says if you have any problems let me know I, I can't remember the guy's name or his call sign. I don't know. I don't know. But you know which one I'm talking about there. Um, oh, the name of the radio store there. Is it Giga Parts? Yeah, Giga Parts. Yeah, yeah Giga Parts. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's where I bought this uh, DV Mega uh, from them at Giga Parts there. So uh, we'll be seeing them big time down at Huntsville, Huntsville Ham Fest uh, in uh, a few months. Can't wait for that Ham Fest. Mark but Brown, August you still 22nd? with us, Mark Brown? The chairman of the Huntsville Ham Fest was in a chat room earlier. Are you still around, Mark Brown? Don't know if he's here or not. Let's look. I got the floor plan for Huntsville here. And that's uh, the 22nd and 23rd or something like that? Yeah, it's 20-something of uh, August. There we go. That's the uh, that's the layout right there. Uh, if you look on the very uh, right side of that, you'll see the stage on the very right end against the wall. And we're going to be right next to the stage, uh, right in front of all those chairs that are the little zero dots there. And uh, it's a pretty nice, uh, it's, a, it's about the third largest ham fest in the country, air-conditioned. Five-star accommodations. The place is beautiful. You can just about eat off the floor in there. This place is so clean and cool. Well, the way things are going on the outside world there, it might be the only ham fest here in the United States. I'm, I'm thinking that maybe it might, you know, they might get a lot more attendance since it's one of the be one of the first ones that opens up, you know, after all this stuff, you know. I, I bet you it will be. I bet you it's going to be a record for them. Yeah, yeah, it might be. 
Well, I'm planning on going. I, I, hopefully, there's no uh, hurricanes to pop up between now and then, or or in the middle of it, because I'm with the Hurricane Watch Net also. Okay. So, so were you just uh, you just visiting Puerto Rico? You live in uh, 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 Florida? No, no. I li- I'm down here in Florida. I'm at Val and Jerry's NV9L. I'm at their place right down here in Florida. Okay. Right I now. thought I thought earlier. Oh, I thought earlier you said you were in Puerto Rico. Or... Yeah, I was in Puerto Rico. Okay. I was over there. I went over there originally with the Force of Fifty. Me and Val okay. went over there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, okay. I was there for two and a half years, and uh, I go back occasionally and, and help out. I still doing uh, putting still putting uh, infrastructures together with repeaters and stuff for municipalities and things like that, hospitals and uh, Arden nets and you know mesh networks and things like that. I'm still helping out and volunteering with that. Okay, well, cool, very good. Oh, oh let's see. Well, let's see. Our our room is kind of starting to kind of dwindle down now. You know. Anybody, uh, anybody want to jump in here and put us on a new subject? Tell us what you're doing. Come on, Mark. Tell us if you get your antenna up. Mark, I, I, I don't know about Mark, man. You get him yeah, a radio, uh, you yeah, take him a radio. He's one of those slackers there, Tom. Let me tell you, you get Mark a radio, <laughs> you build him an antenna, and he don't put it up for like two years, and then he says the tree fell or something. I don't know what's going on up there. Mark, have you have you made any contacts? Unmute yourself and t- talk to us. <laughs> uh, I haven't made any contacts. I've been too busy with all the other things going on around here. Man. I don't know what I'm going to have to do to get you a contact. I can't keep uh, the EU off of the long wire over here. I, just, I get up in the morning, six meters just booming, you know, and then uh, all of a sudden HF starts picking up, but it's all... Eastern Europe and stuff, and yeah, can't get anything local until way late afternoon, and then 20 meters starts fading away about then, and then it's 40 meters from that time on, you know, and uh, or 40 and 80, 75. So, well, the bands are going to just get better and better and better. Oh, you know, that sunspot cycle is going to it's going to start looking good again here in the next year or two. So you yeah. can already see it picking up. Yeah, well, I got inverted L's running every which way, lazy L's, mm-hmm. and then uh, got a couple of dipoles up. All right, well, guys, I think uh, I'm going to go ahead and shut the thing down here. Maybe seventy-three. Here. Have a good night. I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm thinking. It was, I'm it was about, good talking to you, Tom. I'm thinking about maybe some popcorn, find something good on TV, you know, tacos, no, a peanut butter sandwich. Uh, you know, I, I think I really have popcorn tonight, man. It, it lasts longer. See, I can eat a peanut butter sandwich in about 45 seconds, but see, a big old thing of pop, you know, about a two gallon thing of popcorn, it takes, it lasts. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It tastes good. All right. We'll see you guys next week. See you next week. Bring your friends. I got yeah. everybody's name here, and everybody on here has to bring one guest with them next week. I'll bring somebody. I'll bring a dozen. All right. Very good. (laughs) See you guys. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. 73s. Good night. night. Thank you. Uh Night 73s.